saw another thing that it was like the the performance of MSTR is the ticker over from like 2001 to 2020 was like plus 50 percent for the entire time and in the last year or two it's been up plus 250 percent which is a really interesting story I'm going to say a statement here and if anyone in the crowd thinks differently I would love to to you know hear the opposite side of this to me if you like Bitcoin, I don't see why you would buy this company. I would rather you go out and buy Bitcoin or one of the miners. To me, that, that stat that I just shared about the performance tells me the underlying company behind MSTR is not something that I'd probably want to be owning. They wouldn't want to be owning, like, but I'd rather own Bitcoin or the underlying MSTR business. I'd rather own Bitcoin. And so, so when you buy MSTR, you're getting kind of dragged down by the actual real company segment of this. So I personally don't understand why someone would come in here and, and buy MSTR as a Bitcoin play, but power to you. If that, that's something that you do and you have a real thesis behind it, feel free to send me a DM. I would love to have my mind changed on that one, but we'll see. Uh, another really interesting story that came out this morning, which was kind of funny to me, the how big and you know how full circle we came. Hertz announced a, uh, they authorized a $2 billion share repurchase program this morning. So many of you guys know Hertz. It's the rental car company. Uh, many of you guys may have, have heard about them when they went bankrupt a year ago, and now they're buying 100,000 Teslas or whatever the amount of Teslas it was and, and doing a, a share repurchase program. So, boy, have the tables have turned with that one. I'm going to continue to look. I, I think that's a decent coverage. Crypto it was moving higher and lower over the weekend, very volatile. Uh, it, it's ending right around close to all-time highs. El Salvador bought some Bitcoin. They bought the dip on that. Uh, a lot of the, the news recently... Uh, over this weekend is centered around the new Omicron, or I don't, I'm not going to say it again, because I'm going to say it wrong, but the new COVID variant that's coming out. We're still so early days in that we don't know anything really. We're, we're really just starting to learn it now. So markets, oh, markets definitely panicked a lot on Friday. We're seeing some comeback on that. We're going to head into the open in a second, but it, it's a lot of, there's a lot going on, but not a lot of news. It feels like it kind of um so it is it's an interesting story interesting day and i'm excited for the market to open but i think that's a a decent coverage of where we're at up perfect thank you so much evan and if anybody enjoys things like that breaking news information evan puts that out all day long not just on spaces but welcome in to the space everybody this is the good morning fin twitch show we've been doing this for months now every monday morning we run usually for hours in the morning we're gonna be having live trading we'll be charting a bunch we have been up here also, Guy Adami is uh, here in the crowd. I see him right now. Guy, I would love to have you come up if you want to add anything um, as we go into market open. But right now, we're just looking at it. Obviously, the futures are looking pretty good. S&P 500 futures up over 1%. The Dow Jones futures up about 1%. Uh, crude oil making a big comeback after that drop that we had on Friday up about 6.8%. Um, and you're going to see that reflected in some of the names that we'll talk about today and Gush and some others and the 10-year down. About 1.6%. So things moving in that direction, just waiting for market open in about two minutes. A couple uh, sectors that already look like they are having some high flying stocks. Uh, if you look at MRNA, I saw that that was up pretty high. I'm going to assume that Pfizer, yeah, having a decent day. MRNA really was climbing it up there. Um, additionally, we already hit on Twitter with that news about Jack Dorsey spiking about 10.5% right now. It's coming down a little bit to earth, so we'll see what happens with that. Snapchat maybe getting a little bit of a friendly boost from it, up about 2%. Uh, SE continuing that run that it had on Friday where there's a lot of red, but SE continued its green up 2%. Uh, Neo and Tesla both in the green. Neo up 3%, Tesla up 2%. Um, so good starts there. And then the semiconductors all doing pretty nicely. AMD, I haven't looked at NVIDIA yet, but I do think it is up. MRVL up as well. 
uh, DMTK, a little bit of a boost back, four and a half percent. And then some of these SPACs or DSPACs doing well, doing well as well. So we're going to be hitting on a bunch of those. We're going to be charting through them. Also, crypto had a pretty big weekend. If anybody hasn't checked that yet, Doge went up about six percent this morning. Bitcoin went up several uh, percent over the weekend as well as Ethereum. Ethereum, uh, not at all time highs, not yet, but uh, coming back to it. So it's at about 43.30 right now, coming back towards that 4,800. Um, besides that, let's just see. So I think the biggest news stories are, you know, listening in on, you know, stuff about the Omicron variant and how that rattled the, work in, the world in a week. Some countries did shut down travel. Uh, so I think that that could be interesting. Um, Danny, uh, just making sure because somebody messaged me, is the sound quality good? Sounds great, man. Thank you. Good morning. How is everybody going? Living the dream. Excited. Here we go. Rolling into market open. Okay, so Evan is just having some in and out problems. So we will uh, do our best to get that fixed, but I will continue for right now. Okay, so we're at market open, 9.30 a.m. Uh, and here we go. We got some movement. So, all right, 9.30 on the dot. Ben, I'm throwing it to you. What are you watching? Uh, early on, I'm watching Matterport come out of this flag. They never make it easy. You know, like we had this nice little pattern uh, 28 was the prior high and I'm looking and saying, man, if I can get in around 28, you know, we're in good shape. And then today it gaps out of the flag. So just watching to see, uh, how it acts. Uh, but I love the pattern there and, and obviously the story. Um, the other one is Tesla. I think you want to keep an eye on the big boy Tesla there coming out of an inside day, uh, reclaiming a couple of important anchored VWAPs from off of the earnings gap and off of the high, uh, that inside day is coming out. And I, I, you know, I like lucid in the group too. I think that's another one, um, that sets up really well consolidated. Didn't really come in with the market. In fact, still above the 10 day moving average. Uh, so that one's got like a little pennant forming there. I think that has a shot at the all time high, uh, 6486 was, was the prior high, uh, outside of that, um, you know, the, the crypto related stuff hot at the open, obviously, uh, it was a good night overnight for crypto. So watching, uh, coin and and Mara and and that group uh, off to a good start, and then semis. Uh, Mu is one that I highlighted over the weekend, um, but I like a bunch of the smaller kind of niche players in that group too. Aehr, another one that I'm watching, um, but Mu, uh, I have a pivot there 8575 with it trading 8543 above that pivot you kind of got a cup base there putting in a handle here uh above there i think you got a shot at those prior highs uh up near 97 uh, a lot of call flow into the name heavy heavy volume on the way up and another one trading well above the 10 and 20 day moving average when the majority of stocks are trading around the 50 65 or 200 day um, these stocks that are trading well above the 10 day moving average above the 20 day moving average you want to pay attention to those because they're showing relative strength uh, versus the rest of the market so uh, that's pretty much what i have on on my radar uh into the open this morning perfect perfect interesting looking stuff there uh, following up on some of those names that you were just talking about, I'm also looking at uh, some of those EVs. So I do see, you know, Lucid just kind of did the plunge a little bit there, um, but only down about half percent. We'll see if they can pull that back out. 
Um, I'm getting a lot of uh, people hammering Apple here at the open, which uh, is interesting. I guess they're trying to look for it to pull back uh, to above 160. It's kind of like fighting right here at 159. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Twitter uh, seems to be more uh, downwards action. I guess people kind of not, you know, thinking it should be up 11% today off of that news. Uh, but, 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 let's see what else. Uh, PLTR, um, perhaps finding. So let's let me let me actually. Um, I'm gonna bring in Nick for just a second, and then I'll throw it back to you, Ben, because there's a couple of stocks I want to kind of go over. Like, have they found the bottom? I think that's a fun game to play. Uh, but Nick, uh, you, we were chatting. You wanted to come up. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on this morning. So just to echo what Stock Market News says, Friday was just, I think, and I've read so many notes over the weekend that the common theme is overreacting. And I think it did because I was reading CNBC's uh, Jim Cramer's Investing Club note this morning, and he says that uh, that uh, Norwegian Cruise Line is a good one to buy back. Look, we got record numbers over the weekend with airlines, people coming back. I think that this Omicron variant, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, there's a lot that we do not know, and I don't know why we would panic sell, panic panic anything, because we've learned so much that these vaccines are safe, free, and effective, and I feel like the Friday sell-off was just for panic reason, and we need to stop that. We need to look at the facts. We need to look at everything that has been on the table. The economy continues to go up. The data continues to improve. Spending continues to happen. I feel like the, the Friday thing was just nonsense. Hot take. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to see. We're definitely looking at perhaps a time where there's more fear in the market. Um, I'll often check on this website, Captain Solutions. Uh, they have a little fear greed index. Um, there's a few different things that go into that. But when you're looking at the Fear and greed index at the moment, it is falling in on the fear side. So it's a scale of zero to 100, with 100 being greed, zero being extreme fear. And it's sitting at 24.8 right now. Um, so this is looking at more, you know, selling um, definitely happening. And it's uh, for sure more in the fear than it has been since all the way back in really even like May. I mean, we had a couple of dips down, but we haven't been super greedy here um, as we're looking at names. So Nick, based off of that, uh, you know, thinking that perhaps this was an uncalled for, are there certain names that you're looking in a, a bounce back for? So I was thinking uh, airlines. So the things that would benefit from the economy reopening airlines, tra uh, travel stocks, uh, names for like restaurants, Darden restaurants. So those type of names. But also, if we did get this fear that people were talking about another shutdown, then I would go towards the hybrid model, so Zoom, I would look at the stay-at-home names. But right now I'm looking for travel, uh, leisure stocks, reopening stocks. So those are the types to buy. Depends on if the economy continues to ramp up. And then we're going to have the Fed with tapering and the Fed this week and next week. So it's going to be a hectic week. But if we continue to see a reopening, it all depends the news out of Omicron. If it's in the U.S. and what happens within the few weeks, I would – lean towards zoom like zoom that is way off it's 52 week highs it's like 60 some percent off its highs where jim kramer said this more or david faber said this morning on cnbc that we're the only ones coming to the office five days a week and zoom i think people should buy it i think it's a good name we i still use zoom a lot so i would look for zoom to come back stay at home names travel stocks depends on which way the 
Omicron variant and the news driven around that plays out. Yeah, I actually, um, well, one thing I will say there is that for everybody listening, this is all simply opinion and for educational purposes. So please do do your own due diligence. Um, since you did mention Zoom, I actually have that charted out right here. Um, potential support at the 8 SMA and the 21 SMA. So I'm going to actually put that out real quick. Um, I would actually love to get uh, on that opinion. You know, we're the only ones coming into the office and also on the tapering. Um, if if you want to come up here and, and check, I would love to have you on that. I think Peter is going to join in as well around maybe 10, 10, 15. Um, but let me come back to you, Ben, for a second, as we've had a little bit more price action movement over these first 10 minutes. Has anything changed of what you're looking at? No, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the first 15, 20 minutes in. I like to give it 20 to 30 minutes, stuff just kind of chopping around. I mean, Tesla uh, looks good and it's holding those those early gains still up about 3%. Um, you know, some of the other stocks I mentioned just kind of chopping around kind of like the Nasdaq is just just trying to find its way. And that's that's really common. Uh, you know, in the first 15 to 20 minutes, there's there's lots of exploration of price. I think we'll have a much better idea uh, closer to 10 o'clock. Um, I, I often talk about the opening range being important and you kind of establish that low and you establish that high of the opening range. And then you really get an answer when you take out either that high or that low closer to 10 o'clock uh, is a better guide. Um, but, you know, I do see some of the names like you were talking about, the work from home type names. A, B and B is one holding its gains. It's tagging new highs now, also up three percent. Tesla just went into new highs. Um, so, you know, kind of kind of mixed action, I would say. Matterport, which was up five percent, gave more than half of that back. Um, so, yeah, just kind of waiting for the ranges to establish and then see if we take out the highs or the lows. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I got a few more names to throw at you. Uh, but first, if anybody's listening, uh, make sure to check out Nick that's up here in the news by Nick. Uh, you know, it's important to get financially educated, I think, at a young age. And Nick is really showing that is his pursuit. Uh, taking one of his, I think, his last days off school break to come up here and speak on the spaces with us. So very up and coming investor. So make sure you're checking out Nick. Um, okay, so Ben, uh, a couple of names for you. So first is going to be Myrna, M-R-N-A. Um, this is the type of name that can be up 10%, you know, 10 minutes in, and then just continue to power through the day. Uh, what are you seeing from maybe like a volume perspective mixed with, you know, any other activity? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got a big move on Friday, and you're back above the 50-day moving average, which is kind of that line in the sand that we use uh, for institutional support. So now what you want to see is it turn that moving average back up, and then you know maybe it comes back and retest that because you went from, let's see, Wednesday's close uh, was... 273 and now you're trading 367 in two sessions actually in a session and a half right so um yeah i mean that's that's definitely a good sign when you get back above the 50 uh day moving average i think you can also the there's a trend line there in fact let me um let me switch over real quick to trend spider and i'm looking at anchored vwap off of that high 
from August, you're actually right there right now today. And then if you connect that trend line from those highs, uh, then you have the September highs connect those. You're also right there uh, at that trend line. And when you're using that trend line, um, I'm connecting the closes there. So you're, you're kind of right there uh, as far as where I would look for short-term support. Now, whether that holds or not, uh, tough to tell because it's come a long way in a short period of time. Um, but that's the next, the next level below there. I think you look, you're trading 363 right now. And then I think you've got some horizontal support a little bit lower around 356, 357. So if those levels do fail, uh, where we're at right now and it comes in, I'd start to look for support to come in again, like I said, around 356, 357. You don't want to do is get back into, you've got quite a few gaps there. You want to stay above those levels because things can really get volatile if you do start getting back in uh, trying to fill those gaps below. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I saw the same thing I think that you were looking at with that anchored view up coming down from the high. Uh, you know, the excessive volume, the trend line is a good point right there. Um, so yeah, I would love to see if this could fill that gap all the way up to like 380 almost, um, you know, the volume uh, gap that's kind of sitting there. So that would be interesting to see. Uh, before I come back to you for another name, thank you so much for tuning in, Dan. I appreciate you chatting with us this morning. We'd love to hear what you're on in the market. And also Jonah, see you there. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, you know, big fan of your spaces. Uh, these are always really informative, and uh, I appreciate the real-time um, aspects of it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think Friday I was on a space um, with Danny Moses, who does my podcast with me and Guy Adami uh, on the tape, and we were talking about some of the action. On, you know, it felt a, a bit... Um, a bit panicky, right? Um, you know, the sectors that you would have expected to get hard, given what we didn't know about this variant, got hit really hard. A few names, and, and I'm sure you guys have been talking about this sort of stuff. I mean, at one point, I saw American Express down like nearly 10% on the day, right? I mean, that seemed um, a bit overdone. So there seemed to be like plenty of opportunities if you were in the camp that the spooking, like the, the spookiness of this variant was going to play out very similarly to the last few that we've seen. The Delta one took a little bit longer. Um, the S&P had, what, a, a five and a half percent peak to drop decline. This one, um, you know, who knows how, how far it could go. I just think it's interesting, though, that, you know, some of these trades, you know, that, that had had some legs early this year uh, in the travel space, specifically in airlines, they just really have never been able to get back going again. And for some reason, um, left for dead, whereas other things like, you know, um, Expedia had made a new all-time high. Airbnb was on its way back. So, so that sort of thing. So I, I, I don't know. It, it seems like the stuff that you can't put your finger on that got hit unusually hard um, on Friday, you know, low volume, that sort of thing seemed like uh, to be a good opportunity. But I want to see, you know, listen, if the S&P can hold, you know, uh, you know, 1% gains, and I know it's not there uh, really at the moment here on the day and close up like that, then we probably had that little bit of a shakeout. And then you get back into the seasonality trade, you know, into year end. And, you know, I'm of the camp, though, that the higher we go in December off the lows in October, 
um, the harder it is to kind of build on that earlier in the year. So we might see some, you know, a 10% decline then. But um, I think that a little volatility now and single names gives you the opportunity to kind of get together. Um, I know a lot of you guys are swing traders, but get together some, some decent trades um, going into Q1. Very interesting. So I, I hear what you're saying with looking for the seasonality here. And I don't, you know, we've kind of chatted a little bit about it. I don't think that we see the same, you know, panic selling happening that, you know, happened last March off of this. It feels like these things aren't necessarily black swan events anymore. Once no, we've already seen. Yeah. No, I no, a couple I, of I'm times. not saying that whatsoever. I mean, you, you have to go back a year to see when we had a 10% peak to trough decline in the stock, you know, in, in the S&P 500. And that was before we had any of the, um, any of the vaccine news. So, so the story of 2021 is really, okay, 5% peak to trough declines when we get fears of, <coughs> excuse me, a variant or that sort of thing. So I, I don't, you know, I didn't think it was a panic. I mean, it, it would turn into a panic if we were down 10% from those highs in a week or something like that, but we'd have to have uh, much worse news as it relates to this um, variant, which would basically then you'd extrapolate to further dislocations in, in supply chains and bottlenecks and shipping costs and higher energy costs and this and that or whatever, or you have a situation where maybe it just becomes every quarter we start out with high expectations for GDP. Q3 started out with, I think, expectations of six, seven, eight percent, depending upon what economists you were looking at. And we were down near 2%. Right now, expectations for Q4, now it's almost over, are also right up there, high single digits. Let's see what happens here. I think with all this consumer spending that we're seeing right now, the likelihood of that, um, you know, kind of meaningfully dropping from this variant news in Q4 is not great. Uh, but again, you have asset prices that are very elevated at very high valuations and you have very uncertain economic growth. Um, and that's kind of my take for 2022, which actually makes it to be a great trading market, in my opinion, because you're going to have lots of dislocations. You're going to have lots of rotations. Rotation has been a big story of 2021. And so if you're swing trading, I think the opportunities to kind of go from one to the next, whether it be sector ETFs, whether it be individual names, um, has presented a really good opportunity. But I'll just say this. I don't think we're done yet because um, on this one piece of variant news, we still have uncertainty. If I'm looking at certain groups that I want to see firm up a little bit, obviously energy, and it did, uh, crude has gotten back half of its losses and energy stocks are kind of, you know, up, you know, uh, one, one and a half percent or something like that. If they can't hold those, watch out. And then the other one would be bank stocks. Look at them. They're already green or red on the day. Um, that's pretty disappointing. And obviously keep an eye on rates because you had a bounce back in the 10 years. So those are the things that I'm most keyed on right now. Got it. So the market's looking like it's taken a bit of a, a dip right here from this initial pump off the bat. Um, you mentioned well, one more thing just before I go to Ben. Um, you mentioned seasonality here. Uh, what are you looking at when it comes to seasonality through really going into the month of December, which is typically a pretty good month, but now has a lot of you know convoluted ideas being thrown around and news pieces being thrown around. Yeah. Uh, what areas of the market are you looking for strength in? Well, it'll be interesting to see with retail, and you guys probably watched a lot of the earnings over the last couple of weeks, and some were fantastic and some were downright horrible, and the ones that were really good, like Home Depot and such, they, they got you know very well rewarded, and then there was others that were just nasty, the Nordstrom's and the Gaps, and there was a, um, a couple others. I know Dick's had a bad day. Best Buy gave back a lot of its gains. I wonder... 
that because these promotions, as far as retail is concerned, and because of the fears of supply chain concerns, I wonder if a lot of the retail activity was pulled forward in November and December, we see a real softening there. And, you know, we have this jobs report coming out on Friday. Obviously, that's backward looking, but there are some concerns. So this is really talking about seasonality here as far as the markets. There are some concerns. We've got the debt ceiling. Um, you know, we have um, this uh, government shutdown, you know, all these things kind of looming. Now, I know that those kind of, um, you know, those usually work themselves out, but throw all this together and the uncertainty of COVID, we have a December Fed meeting coming up mid-month also. So the variant um, news will definitely impact possibly the commentary as it relates to taper. We're already seeing Fed fund futures kind of soften a bit. Expectations were pulling forward rate hikes. So lots going on. I mean, December is going to be huge. This week could be really huge too, because if there is uncertainty about, you know, if you notice Moderna, Pfizer CEOs were both on CNBC this morning talking at, you know, being basically pretty optimistic about their ability to create a vaccine in the not so distant future that would encompass um, this variant. They're trying to kind of assuage, you know, some fears in that, but let's see. I mean, a lot going on. Um, I'm not one of these Santa Claus trade people. And I also think, again, uh, retail might be really funky this year because of the supply chain issues. You might've pulled forward a lot of demand. December might look um, a little weak and that job's report i think again if you're worried about wage inflation if inflation is that boogeyman for you and you're worried about wage inflation well you're going to see it maybe in this jobs report because where we see in most uh you know inflationary data as it relates to jobs is in low-end unskilled sort of jobs and what did retailers just do they just staffed up for that so that might be a bit of a head fake so that's on my radar for friday Perfect. Dan, thank you so much uh, for coming up and feel free to, you know, hang out with us up here. Yeah, Just going to continue moving around thanks the panel. For, thanks for giving me the mic. I appreciate it. I'm here. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, Ben, rolling to you first before I go over to Gerg, who joined us. So, Ben, I saw this tweet from Karen Feinerman yesterday, uh, two days ago, which I thought was pretty good. She said, I'm okay buying stocks on a down 900-point day. In fact, I prefer it. I just don't want to buy on the first down 900-point day. So it looks like we are uh, trending a little bit red here in several sectors as the day progresses. Uh, would this be I, – I, I'm wondering, did you make any you know purchases of buy the dip per se – on Friday, and if we're having another uh, potential down this year, which I don't know if we will, because a lot of large caps are still pretty far up, so they're probably going to hold the indices. But if we have dips in different areas, would this be an opportunity where you would want to come in? Well, I kind of agree with Karen there. I don't want to buy the first. I don't want to be the first one in the pool. Um, and when we are dipping, you know, 900 points, you don't know if that's going to turn into uh, 1,200 and then 1,500. So yeah, I don't like to be the first one in. And, you know, there are some things that you can you can use, some tools uh, that I use, things like the put-call ratio, which we did finally get uh, up near 1.0 uh, late last week. But, um, you know, I like to see that even higher than that, which kind of tells me, uh, in fact, from my view, this this entire correction is just a reset of sentiment to set us up, uh, you know, into the end of the year. Um, but things got quite frothy. If you are w looking at the equity side of the put call ratio, uh, you'll see that people were really leaning heavily under the call side. Um, so we call that sentiment frothy. Um, and the opposite of that is fearful. And that's what I think this correction is about, is to set up 
and kind of reset that sentiment, get some fear out there. Um, and then that sets us up well into the seasonality, you know, that Dan was talking about, but um, I, I, that's the way I view it, but I'll also look at a few other indicators just to give me uh, some confirmation that yes, we're starting to make the turn. Cause if you look at breath, it's horrible. It was absolutely horrible even before last week. Uh, so there were clues there that, you know, things weren't uh, as copacetic uh, and the market wasn't as healthy as we hoped even before we got down 900 points. Uh, so look at, you know, things like new highs, new lows, look at breath, uh, and put call ratio. I think those things will help guide. So what do I want to look for for a low? I'd love to see the put call ratio close uh, well above 1.0. Uh, give me 1.08, 1.10. In the old days, I used to look for 1.2 or higher, but now uh, in the QE era, it never seems to get there before we find a bottom uh, and start to recover. And then watch breath, watch new highs, new lows, watch for those to start trending back up because they've been really, really ugly uh, leading into this this dip. Perfect. Keeping my eye on all those. Um, also, just continuing to scan and just see what's coming in. I just got two alerts from Blackbox Stocks, one for NVIDIA and one for Facebook. Uh, those were bullish repeated call alerts. So with Facebook, uh, meta platforms up about one and a half percent today uh, just kind of came back towards the highs of the day um, let's take a look real quick at this God, chart add here. That, you know we were uh, talking about those ranges being established if you're watching nq um you know the the nasdaq futures just poking above right now uh that opening range uh we're we're not quite at 10 o'clock yet uh but i i it, that that opening 20 minute range that was established just poking above there so does it hold does it stick we'll probably know in another 10 or 15 minutes i just want to jump in really quickly too uh letting you guys know twitter is trading twitter is halted right now for a uh, news pending so expect that soon as well oh boy all right Kirk, get in here what's going on man so guys great morning you guys play gosh almost up eight percent if you bought in, I would sell as natural gas is still down a lot, almost 9%. I would sell that. But everyone who bought the dip, right? Short and people are selling right now. So that's why I love to wait till 10 a.m. So you see the flush till then. I think we bounce back on the upside at 10, uh, 10 a.m. again. So I wouldn't be adding anything before that. I think if natural gas flattens down or bounces back, I would buy back gush. PayPal had some bad news. I think Boeing is right again. But right now, I'm planning to go long XPXL and TWP because I believe we make a new all-time high before the end of the year. And for me, I would love to uh, exit before 15th of December. So one point I'm looking to go short is BABA. If BABA goes under 130. So for, I think BABA for 130 is key support for BABA for last four years. If this, if Baba breaks 130, it's going to 88 bucks. Even to the right, it bounced right off 130, 130.55. So keep an eye out on the 130 level. It's very, very important support for Baba. If it gives up, if it, if Baba gives up 130, expect 88 bucks after that. And a lot of volume on the January uh, last week, 100 puts. So. 
a 30% move in the month and a half just from Baba. If this gives up 130. But even till then, looking to buy back paper once it can go above 200 and hold. And one more pull I'm looking to add this gap, GPS. So they had, they didn't have great earnings and they did reduce guidance due to supply chain issues. But the market seems to be ignoring the uh, Carnivus partnership. Even on the weekend, they just came out and said they had the best one day sales with the Carnivus partnership. So, yo, are you seeing something, Evan? I see your hands up. I'll continue with your thing. Continue with your going. I'll come in after. Oh, okay. So with this, right, I would like to, I would love to buy Gap at uh, 15 bucks. So I would be selling puts for February. They pay you almost a dollar, right? So your cost basis is down by almost 8% with that, if you do that. So for Gap, I believe after the next earnings, they can hit 25 bucks easily. So I would love to be, I would love to start building a position in Gap while everyone is selling. I wouldn't go and beg until the selling stops, until the selling stops, so wait for 15 bucks to buy and beg. But I do believe Baba can make a move, uh, my bad. So Gap can make a move like Crocs next year, so keep that in mind, GPS, Gap. Okay, keeping my eye on Gap. Um, I actually haven't looked at the chart yet. I did see you mentioned it a little bit earlier today in Discord. Uh, oh, yeah, I do see we're way down. This kind of looks like a PayPal chart almost. Uh, speaking of Don't which, down... PayPal. yeah, I was going to say, speaking of which, Ben, thoughts on PayPal here as we uh, continue lower? Give me one second. Let me pull it up. So, yeah, no problem. I think we talked about this right before uh, the vacation and, and the holiday. Man, it's just like, where's the bottom of this thing? It's just, um, in fact, let me, I need to zoom out a little further. Maybe so lows back here. I'm, I'm going all the way back to late 2020 and looking at those lows around 171 with it currently trading 185. Um, I, I don't. For me, I don't see much in the way of support um, until we're closer to those lows. Uh, let me check one other thing. Um, if I can jump in real quick. Sure. Uh, I was talking about PayPal for the last couple of weeks now. I have a double top failure target of 174.47. Uh, so that kind of jives with that 171 level. I think that's definitely where we're headed. Whether we get a bounce from there or not, I think that remains to be seen. But sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt, Ben. No, Danny, anytime. Um, you know, I'm putting, I'm on a weekly chart and I'm grabbing anchored VWAPs and trying to find any, like it's below, like if you take the January low, it's below that anchored VWAP. I mean, I, I kind of, like Danny was saying, if you take that double top target, low 170 seems like, an area that makes sense to me, you know, below that I'm all the way down to about 122, um, maybe here 123. So, 
Yeah, I don't I don't have anything, um, you know, really to rely on in this area. It, to me, it's like in no man's land right here. So I need a little bit lower or I need to see it form some type of of swing where um, you get like a, I mean, you definitely have capitulation type volume there. That's something that I look for is you know, really huge volume on the, on the downside, but you've had that for weeks now. Um, and in fact, going back to that gap down on November 9th, that was the largest volume, you know, you've seen. So yeah, I, I don't know where, what ideally when you see that kind of volume, what you see there on the ninth, that's, what I like to look for as capitulation volume and say, okay, the sellers are completely out. Uh, now you start to see it make the turn and you did get that for about five days and then it tagged the 10 day moving average and then just completely rolled over again. Um, so obviously when that low gets taken out of that capitulation volume, you got to kind of start that whole process over again, looking for um, that capitulation again. And, and Brian Shannon has a, a great saying where he says, if they don't scare you out, they'll wear you out. So I think you kind of got the scare out right there. Uh, and now it's, is if you don't get that kind of capitulation, they're going to just wear you out. It's just going to bleed lower to the downside until it reaches one of those levels. Like, like Danny said, I could understand uh, mid to low one seventies. Uh, that's kind of the next area I'd be looking for some type of support. Definitely interesting. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not touching it just yet. We'll continue to let it see if it can settle out. Good tweet by Danny, by the way, this morning, Danny, I really like that tweet where you talked about, you know, so what the market's hard, right? Like, Price action, study it, learn. Uh, you don't have to actually trade, but it definitely pays off to be here. Really enjoy that stuff. Um, okay, so, yeah. All right, so, George, I pulled you up real quick. Um, did you have a comment? I saw George Noble requesting. I know that we've chatted on spaces before. But, okay. Uh, Evan, you had your hand up. Yeah, I'm sorry if there's an echo in the background. I have a interesting setup we'll talk about in the future but yeah i would love to get a couple seconds on the google calendar if we could absolutely uh let's do a couple seconds on the google calendar and then jonah just came up and joined us along with bobby katuso so real quick for anybody who is tuning in you've probably been in a bunch of spaces that myself stock market news your gavin is doing if you're unfamiliar my name's scott blacksburg my personal accounts up your coasting and my full-time job is God bless hosting spaces. Don't know how I pulled that one off. But anyways, I was sitting here thinking, how can I make it easy for people to actually find these spaces? Because unless you're sitting on Twitter all day and you're just like scrolling your timeline, you're not going to see the reminder tweet or you're not going to see it at the top of your timeline unless you're on Twitter. So how can we get it so that you know when all the good spaces are and you know what the space is about, you know who's speaking on it. And myself and Evan came up with the solution and that is a Google Calendar. We have been collaborating now for months on a public free Google Calendar with over 1,300 people on it, including people who work at Twitter. So you know that this is working. And all you have to do to be on it, it's completely free, is DM either myself or Evan with your email address. Make sure it's your email address, preferably a Gmail, but it doesn't matter. We can get others on there. And that's it. 
we'll go ahead, we'll add you right to the calendar. And then if you, you'll get an email, you'll be able to add it, just toggle it right over. And then whenever you want to check it out, I load the whole thing up on Sunday with 10 plus spaces. And you'll just say, oh, here's this space, here's this space. You'll know that tomorrow at 12, I have a live trading and charting space. You'll know that Thursday at 12, I have a massive NFT space, right? Like you didn't know these things are coming unless you're on this calendar. So once again, just make sure that you are hopping into our DMs. Uh, we're happy to have you in there, happy to respond to everybody. Um, and, you know, we'll get right back to you. And if you want to be on our newsletters, let us know too. Uh, Evan, anything else you want to add to that? No, that was perfect. Let's keep it moving. I'd love to get to Jonah. Jonah, what's going on, Good man? morning, everybody. How are you? Living the dream. How are you doing? How's Boston? Good, good. I just... Uh coming off of a stomach virus over the weekend. So, but feeling better today and trying to make some money in this market, which uh, <laughs> wasn't easy the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. So what are you looking at today? Uh, so I actually haven't bought anything in my portfolio for the last week, um, which is probably the first time all year, probably in two years that I can say that I'm just waiting for growth stocks to find a bottom. Um, you know, obviously we've been going through a, a period the last couple of weeks of some multiple contraction, even companies that were reporting great Q3 earnings were getting slaughtered. I mean, if there was any negative thread to pull out of Q3 reports, I mean, these companies were getting bludgeoned. Uh, and then obviously the 10 year ripping from, you know, 150 to 170 didn't help either. So I've just been kind of sitting on my hands doing nothing. Uh, I, I sold a couple stocks last week to take some tax losses for the year to offset some gains. But other than that, I'm just doing nothing, just letting my portfolio uh, just work for me. So we were in a space that Stock Talk Weekly does last night where it's like pick of the week. And, you know, there's a lot of bullish sentiment right now that stuff like Upstart and CLH could potentially find, you know, some bottoms here. You know, Upstart up about 2% today, CLH. I think it's up as well. Uh, uh, yeah, just about flat today. Um, so looking for bottoms, I know that you're charting these consistently. You're speaking with the CEOs and stuff. Um, I, I know we don't want to go fully down the rabbit hole here because you could talk about these for forever, but maybe just like a 30 seconds, a minute on each. Yeah, I mean, so Upstart and Celsius are still my two largest positions. I've owned Celsius for over a year now since the stock was in the, in the low teens, and I've obviously added to it 100 times. Upstart, I bought right after the IPO in the 30s, so... You know, even though the stock has pulled back 50% from the all-time highs, you know, I still it's it's still a, a winning position for me. And, you know, I haven't added to it in the last couple of weeks or the last week, um, but I did a lot of trimming on Upstart when it rallied from 200 to 400, and I've bought back all of those shares since. So, you know, I was bullish going into Q3 earnings, so shame on me for being risk on into Q3. Uh, that did not work out so well for me, but... You know, when I look at the fundamentals, when I look at uh, Upstart growing 250% year over year and what I think they can do in 2022, because now they've given us some visibility into their product pipeline. So, you know, coming into this year, they were just doing personal loans. And then halfway through the year, they acquired a company called Prodigy to get into auto loans. That's now going very well. And they just gave us three new products that they're working on from micro loans to small business loans. And then eventually they said that by the end of next year, they should be in home loans. So, you know, this was just a one product company for the last 
12 months basically. And now there are, you know, two products and working on three more products. So, you know, even though upstarts pulled back 50% from the highs, uh, I still remain as bullish, if not more bullish than I was just a couple months ago. The stock's now trading at 18 times this year's sales with 250% revenue growth. And then I think they'll double those sales again next year. So say they come in this year at like 825, somewhere between eight. 820 and 830 is probably where they'll be. Um, I think they're up at least 100% again next year with with the help of auto loans. So, you know, maybe they're trading at nine or 10 times next year sales with 100% revenue growth and 84, 85% gross margins. I just, that's really compelling. And then Celsius, I mean, Celsius grew Q3 158% year over year. 214% year over year um, in the US, but the stock got pounded because gross margins came down because of supply chain issues and higher aluminum, uh, aluminum can costs. And the company said that they invested a lot of money in Q3 to help alleviate those problems going forward. So we should start to see gross margins tick back up. So we'll see profit margins start to improve over the next year. And now we get into all of the 2022 uh, uh, resets for these retail stores, and they've, they're now in 118,000 stores, 224 DSD partners. Uh, they're now doing a big test rollout with Sam's Club, and we know that Costco has been a huge success for them. So, you know, there's just there's nothing not to like about those two stories right now. So even though I've gotten my ass kicked the last couple of weeks, uh, lost a shitload of money, I'm just not worried about it because, you know, if, if these companies were not reporting incredibly strong fundamentals, I'd be scared, but they are. So I just have to sit back and not do anything and just wait for the stocks to rebound because I think they will. Appreciate that, Jonah. Awesome stuff. Uh, Evan, any questions for Jonah? All right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was having trouble. You're good. That. What would you say? Did you have any questions for Jonah? Um, I mean, overall, like the, the macro conditions, maybe how he's thinking about the uh, the Omicron variant. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not a health expert, so I mean, I've seen interviews today with the Moderna and Pfizer CEOs, and they say one thing, and then these health health experts say another. You know, yesterday, I think it was yesterday morning, the, uh, you know, South African health experts said that they believe this Omicron uh, variant is not as potent, um, you know, or symptoms are a lot less severe than Delta, uh, because I believe they haven't gotten any hot. I think the report I saw today from South Africa was nobody has been hospitalized yet with Omicron. So, you know, perhaps it's more transmissible, but it's less uh, potent or deadly. So that's a good thing. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time, I believe, until this new variant shows up in the US. And, you know, I don't know how the markets will react to that. If going into that event, uh, we, you know, we believe that, um, you know, Omicron is less is less severe then maybe when it pops up in the US, the markets won't react so so poorly. But who knows? I mean, this market likes to overreact to everything. So, I, that, and that's one reason I'm just not doing anything in my portfolio. I'm not putting any cash to work because Omicron is still a, is a is a concern. And, you know, I'd say most of my portfolio is growth and most of them were up on Friday. I don't know. It's I don't know. 
<laughs> this this no, let's look it's, it's, I just I'm, I, too many people are coming on Twitter and CNBC and giving their prostications about Omicron. I just have no freaking idea, so I'm not even going to try to guess. Let me throw one more question at you. So I checked into your account. Your account was created in 2008. So you've obviously been on here for probably more than, uh, or at least you know, from a long time, uh, more than anyone else in this call. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on Jack Dorsey stepping down as Twitter CEO. <laughs> um, I should have had some call options because I figured one day whenever he stepped down, the stock would surge. Uh, it doesn't look like it's holding on to the gains it had pre-market. I mean, Twitter was up 10% pre-market. I don't know what it's doing right now. Um, Three percent. It's halted. Too. Oh, really? Yeah, on news, right? Is it down right now? Is it down on the day? No, I'm it's seeing still up. Oh, it's still up. Oh, it's up three percent. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't. I've never thought that anyone should be the CEO of two publicly traded companies. There's just no way that you can be an effective CEO if you're only spending half of your time running the company. And I get there's a board, and I guess there's a whole C-suite and thousands of employees that are working every day, but still the CEO or any CEO should be hundred percent focused on the company that they're running. So I think it's good for Twitter that Jack leaves and Jack can go focus on square full time. I have no idea who they're planning to bring in. Uh, I believe Ned Siegel will probably be at the top of the list. I think he's the CFO. I've heard his name thrown around today uh, or they maybe bring in an outsider, someone that, you know, works in media and knows how to monetize a, a large audience, maybe someone that had experience at Snapchat or Facebook or, or TikTok. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I think Twitter's made a lot of mistakes over the last few years. They purchased Vine, and then they shut that down. I think they've crushed it with Spaces, although, of course, they had to copy Clubhouse. You know, they couldn't come up with Spaces on their own. So, you know, but, I mean, in, uh, Facebook has done very well with, with Reels, which was essentially just a copy of, of TikTok. So, you know, these large platforms are very good at copying each other and, and not very good at being uh, innovative anymore. But, uh, yeah, I think Twitter will do better under a new CEO. I have no idea how the stock performs. But, you know, this if I if I owned the stock, I'd probably I probably would have sold it pre-market. Um, I don't know. It's it, 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 who knows? We'll, we'll see who the new CEO is, and then I'll probably have some better commentary. Legend has it that Gavin is second in line after Ned Siegel. Who is? No, oh, I'm just messing. Okay. Gavin. Um, no, no comments. I can't need a supper to my boss. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, awesome. Um, Jonah, I'm going to pull in Danny into this. Anything else you nope, want to add? I'm good. I'll talk to you guys later. Awesome. Appreciate you. Have fun. Uh, all right. Danny, thank you for being patient. Appreciate you. Would love to get you in here with what have you been buying, selling, eyeing today? Uh, yeah. So thanks for having me, Gav. Uh, big shout out to all the speakers up here and everybody in the audience. Happy Monday. Uh, I might be one of the few people, uh, maybe present company excluded, that likes Monday morning. I'm excited for Monday morning. I got a text message from one of my buddies as a teacher. He's like, oh. I hate Monday mornings, and I'm like, man, I love Monday mornings. Like, I can't wait to get back to the market. So, um, yeah, this morning, a uh, pretty quiet morning. I don't like to trade big gap ups. So, what I did, I, I did take Tesla this morning uh, on a quick trade over its 30 minute um, wedge breakout, and I sold into 130, which was my target. So, we're hovering right around there. I think Tesla looks pretty interesting. If we hold, 
let's say we hold around 120, us 11.28 to 11.30 for today. I think 1,200 is pretty good for this week. Um, to go back to Ben's talk about PayPal, um, I did post a chart up top. Uh, so I did have a double top, uh, double top target that we're coming into. However, look at that long-term trend line. Uh, that if we lose that double top target, I think we come down at some point over the next month or two and, and tag that line. And I think that would be a good area for me personally. And of course, this is not financial advice, but for me personally, that's where I would be looking to get into PayPal. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a stab there with a, a well-placed uh, stop loss. I think uh, Matterport, I've been talking about Matterport for months now. Glad that uh, Ben brought that up. It looks fantastic. It's been a little choppy in this 25 to 30 range. Um, so I don't mind it to hang out in this area for a little while, uh, build a nice base, and then use that to launch off uh, You know, in the coming weeks and months. Um, talked about XPEV uh, last night. That opened up about 4% this morning. That was my pick on Stock Talk's Sunday evening talk. Uh, so I really like XPEG, uh, XPEV uh, from the Chinese EV perspective over Lee, Auto, and Neo from a valuation standpoint, but mostly from a technical standpoint. I think it's got a fantastic technical setup. I think they're starting to look at distribution outside of China. Um, they want to grow the business. So I really, I really like what I'm seeing in XPEV. I'm long XPEV. Um, LRCX, I know semis have been moving. And LRCX is probably one of the ones uh, outside of MU that doesn't really get talked about. And again, that brand, Ben brought up MU. I am in my second roll-up on MU. I have the 90 calls for this week that was rolled from last week's uh, 85s. Uh, so, but I do like LRCX. Uh, I think it's, it's been consolidating for uh, the good part of this year. And uh, it's just one of those stocks that I think once we start breaking out, I think this really can start to rip. And um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, Apple looked pretty decent at 160. It's been hovering around there for a little bit. Uh, TTD back tested 100 last week, holding there. I also really like Unity, Unity Software, ticker U. Uh, that looks pretty good. I actually put a trade alert out on that this morning. It did fill the gap. And it's starting to, uh, it's it's kind of in the middle of its range right now, uh, but that gap did fill. I like it over 184.70. Uh, I think if we get back over that level, we have a nice 30-minute squeeze setting up. We've got a MACD crawl on the 30-minute. We've got an uh, RSI break over 50 on the 30-minute. So, And we're already breaking out of that falling wedge that we're in. So I'm looking at Unity over 184.70 uh, to take it back up to 200. If we can get back over 200, then I think this has some really nice upside targets to it. Um, and you know, outside of that, you know, definitely keep an eye on the the vaccine plays, uh, mRNA, PFE. Um, you know, I just think with this exogenous, you know, new variant, you know, who knows what it's going to be. But it, what it is and what, what we have now is just, you know, a way for Wall Street to put out some turmoil to get some volatility ticked up and scalp some some money away from the retail traders. So um, you just got to watch what you're in. We do have some earnings coming up this week. Um, nothing that really is piquing my interest, maybe Jinko Solar. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking, I'm looking at. Love it, Danny. 
quick little, quick couple of follow-ups on that. So MU, uh, which you mentioned there, as well as XPEV, can you talk about what dates and strikes interest you? So with MU, um, if, if I were not in it, um, I would be looking at probably the 87 strikes for this week or the 90 strikes for next week. Um, it's got a bunch of gaps uh, here on the 30-minute. I'm looking at an island reversal. So basically an island reversal, uh, it can it, it reverse from the bottom up and from the top down. But what we're looking at on, on Micron is an island reversal from the bottom up. And so basically what that means is you have a gap down, you have a little bit of consolidation, and you have a gap up. And so that's exactly what we're seeing now. And we have an, um, a piercing 30-minute candle right here. I would say on MU over 85.50, I think you could take the 87 calls for this week with a well-placed stop loss. Um, it's got a nice MACD crossover coming in on that 30-minute. No, no squeezes to note, but we are looking to push through uh, RSI breakout on the trend line. So I, I do like MU. Uh, what was uh, you, you asked about, XPEV? Yes. On XPEV, I am playing this mostly shares. Um, but if you were to look at contracts, I would go further out. I would probably go out maybe four weeks, maybe even a little further, maybe like the December 17s. And uh, I think the 55 calls can work if we close over 52.79. We close over 52.79. That's our 1618 extension. Uh, I would be looking at the 200% extension at 54.41. So the 55 calls would be the, what I would look at. And so just so everybody knows the way I like to play options, I tend to, uh, for the ones that I feel like have momentum, I may play the weeklies or I may play one week out. And for the ones that I feel that they, they don't necessarily have that explosive move, they're, they're more of a slow ticker, slow mover, I tend to go out at least a month. But I never, in both scenarios, I never go out further than the next resistance. And so for, you know, Micron, if my next resistance is $87, then I'm going to take the 87 strikes. And for XPEV, if my next resistance is 54.41, I'm going to go with the 55 coals or maybe even a little below that as well. Uh, but I never like to go out beyond the strike that is my next resistance because all you're giving yourself is another roadblock to get through to potentially get to that strike. I want to go slightly out of the money or close to the money and then let that trade play out. Great points there. Great points with where to set the strikes, the dates. I like it. I've been going, I think, a little too short term with some of these weeklies. I'm looking to perhaps move a little bit farther um, out. So kind of a work in progress, but awesome stuff there, Danny. All right, before I – I'm going to get Bobby involved in Juicy – um, real quick, if you were in the audience, we have had, I'm actually tracking this cool, cool website now that I see that tracks the stats on these spaces. We've had over 2,300 people come through here. Uh, we've been live for over an hour now, max at around 900 listeners. So crazy stuff to see. Uh, if you've been enjoying what people like Ben and Gerg, you know, Danny, Evan, uh, Nick and others in here have been speaking about, make sure that you are following them. That is the best way to continue to make sure that your timeline is blessed with their content. I can deeply vouch for their knowledge. You've heard it here. Um, they really are some of the primitive authorities, uh, at least in this space, uh, you know, of Twitter and FinTwit on technical analysis, fundamental analysis, uh, day trading, long-term investing. Uh, they really have a ton of perspective to offer. So, you know, you see some of these accounts up here, Ben, you know, over 100,000, you know, there's just there. There's a reason that their their followers are just flying um, for you know 
great, great people who very much deserve it. So thank you to everybody who is giving back to them because that makes it easier for me to get awesome speakers on here is when y'all follow them, I can tell them these awesome speakers like, hey, there's great reason for you to come on here. And then they come in and share. So helps me out too. And if you're enjoying the spaces, I have at least 10 more planned for this week, potentially 11, even though I'm traveling because I can't get away from these. Uh, so make sure that you are checking out the Wolf account as well, if that's something that you are interested in. Okay, Bobby Gattuso, what's hey, going on, man? Hey, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me. A lot of good stuff today. Um, and, you know, for Hey, real, real, real quick, before yeah. Bobby goes, everyone should know Bobby works on the Wolf team. Uh, you can check down his bio. He does stock commentating and charting for us. Um, helps out with, you know, running some of our socials and stuff. So if you like the Wolf team, check out what Bobby's doing. All right, Bobby, oh, well, all you. Hey, thanks for that intro. And, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I put out some good charts. Hopefully, uh, they work out throughout the week. Um, you know, what I'm looking at today, obviously, I'm looking at the VIX. Uh, you know, obviously, it was elevated on Friday. You know, and it's doing pretty well today, about 15% down. Um, from the other speakers, I completely agree. I'm, I'm looking at MU. I'm looking at Tesla, these ascending triangles. Um, Tesla just came off of an inside candle day from Friday, and you saw, you know, 2.5% um, jump up. And obviously, I'm looking at Pfizer, Moderna. Um, and then I'm kind of looking at my old Rolodex of the stay-at-home plays because, you know, that may be reality to some degree. Probably not the, you know, the full, you know, reality of what we remember. But um, I'm anticipating a bounce with some of those tickers that have been selling off hard over the last, you know, three or four weeks. Um, you know, like Zoom, um, Peloton. Yeah, you know, I'm waiting for those um, simple moving crossovers to happen first. And not just buying on a downtrend, but buying into strength going forward. When you mentioned Zoom there, uh, I was looking at the Zoom chart. So I'm actually watching right now and I saw uh, some action coming in on Zoom. So maybe some people are trying to think that perhaps there's volume. There's actually a lot of call action that just swept in on Zoom. This is actually, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Big players sweeping in on Zoom. Uh, January 21st uh, of the 22s. Uh, wow, 600K in one of these, and then like a whole bunch more. Uh, yeah, hey, yo, like, the Jack yeah. just got confirmed right now of him leaving. It just what? He just got confirmed he's leaving. Wow, look yeah, at that. Yeah, it's been halted uh, for a while. For, for news, right? So, yeah, I just came out. So, we should have seen this coming when he tweeted out, I love Twitter last night. Oh, that is. Yeah, it was the sad, heartfelt goodbye that we all deserved. Um, it's okay, though. He'll still be around. He'll still be liking Greg's posts. Uh, <laughs> so, so things will be happening. But, Bobby, what were you saying on, uh, on Zoom? Well, it makes a lot of sense, uh, a lot of sense going forward. Um, you know, these behaviorals aren't, aren't going away, and they're only going to get more um, prevalent, you know, in the years to come. And, you know, Zoom, you know, sold off hard. And, and now with, um, you know, the the variable of a new um, COVID variant, you know, I think that's going to be a strong stock to look at for the, for the next um, three, four months going to the, you know, the middle part of the winter. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, here. So Evan, let me pop this by you going long on zoom as play of the week. What do you think? I mean, I'd have to look into it a, a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, it, it kind of goes against what, what my tra uh, trade of the week was in stock talk weekly space. It was kind of, playing along on a theme that's been happening with uh, DocuSign earnings. So uh, I'm down to kind of hedge the bet a little bit. Have we have we looked into the options at all? I'm looking at them right now. Uh, Gerg, you're our resident play of the week expert. What do we think? 
What the, oh, what's the play this week? Uh, so what do you think about going long Zoom? No, I wouldn't go uh, long any of these COVID players. Of these stay-at-home players just now, I think. They sell off now. Interesting. I'm not bullish on the room. I think it's still a bit expensive. But Paladon seems interesting here, not going to lie. At 35, no, at 35. At 35 bucks, you're paying 10 times for the revenue business. And you get the sensory and the bike business are almost free. So if Paladon goes to 35, I would love to buy it for long term because I'm willing to pay 10, 12, 10, 12 X for the revenue business because when people spend two or 3,000 on the bike, they don't mind 30 bucks a month, right? They're going to keep on using that. So. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I see that. Yeah. I didn't realize Peloton was all the way down to 43. That's pretty crazy. Um, Okay, uh, Bobby, what else is on your radar before I'm going to pop it over to Juicy? Obviously, Pfizer. Um, Snowflake as well. Um, on the 65-minute chart, uh, it, the eight, uh, SMA just crossed above the 21, and now the 21 is acting as a nice little area of support. And, you know, if you're looking at, like, a volume profile shelf, there's a big gap all the way up to – I'm just looking at the chart I did. Um, Be careful with snow. They report earnings this week on, I think, Wednesday. Well, yeah. I mean, probably you're going to see a little bit of a hype going into it and then, you know, hopefully not a sell-off. But, um, yeah, it'll be definitely a volatile stock to watch this week. So it'll be interesting. Can I throw another The snow one-year chart? Into the the world? Yes. All right. Let's – sorry. (laughs) There's a little delay there. I'm going to say long Twitter. Obviously, we can't do it right now uh, because it's halted, but – Hey, I think it could be an interesting trade. Even Square, right? I think a lot of people didn't like he was spending time with both these companies. So it's bullish for Square too. I actually do agree with that. Oh, I actually like yeah. that. Let's look. That's an interesting idea. Um, you know who's a huge Square bull? Juicy. What's going on, Juicy? What's going on, man? I am bullish on Square. I'm not in it. Um. I definitely think it needs to work out some stuff here today before we try to pull trigger here. You know, I was looking for the inside day break to take it up, but, uh, you know, we had that gap up. When it gaps above your inside days, you pretty much take it off watch and wait for either an orb or some type of pattern, something, uh, and it's just been selling off since then. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but for me, I'll be honest with you, I'm slightly green, slightly red, kind of. So, I had a nice trade on this inside day on Tesla. Um, pretty much, I tried to hit the... The NVIDIA trigger, that pulled back in my face. Uh, it's part of the game. Then I had Lucid pull back on me. Uh, so that pretty much negated the Tesla gain, and I'm short riot right now. And, you know, this is unrealized gain. So technically, if I cast out a riot short right here, I'd be very green on the day. Uh, but I can't really count that until I, it just hit a new low, too, um, until I cash that out. But looking at the overall indices right now, it's a little choppy. If you take SPY, put that thing on a five-minute chart. It is literally sideways. It has not moved. It's like legitly just sideways. Look at Spy on a five minute chart right now. Uh, we're starting to break down in in, in ES, uh, but that's just the start. So, all in all, for me, kind of choppy price action. This riot trade kind of brought me red to green. I'm about to quarter cut here. I was trying to see if we can break 34, uh, but we're kind of uh, dying off here. But that's it for me. Yeah, I'm always uh, looking in this market to play both sides. Uh, I haven't really come in on too much, but you know, so much of this that started off popping has gone red. Uh, I mean, also Robinhood, all the way down to t- under $26 per share. 
uh, down, what, 32% since um, the IPO, as well as, you know, from the highs, they're down, what, like 60%. So that just continues to fall off. Not sure exactly what that's related to today, why they're having such a huge sell-off. Uh, Etsy has been super, super powerful over the last three months. I still really like the name. They're down 3.8% today um, after, like I said, it's 33% across three months. I really like that name. Uh, that's something that I'm going to continue to keep an eye on. Uh, it's you know proven its strength even in some of this uncertainty. Uh, CLH has moved downward since we had Jonah on. It's down about 1.5%. Uh, Palantir, Gerg, I'll throw this over to you. Palantir is almost back to 20 bucks. Uh, yeah, where do you uh, think the bottom I was, is? I think 20 bucks. That's why that's where I would love to buy that. So if you guys want to buy Palantir at 20 bucks and don't want to wait and you want to get paid to wait, go short the December puts. The 20 puts, right? The 20 puts for, I think, the third week, they offer you 51 cents. So in theory, you have to buy Palantir at 20 bucks by then. But you get paid fifty times right away, so your cost basis technically is nineteen fifty. So that's what I would be doing right now if you want to be long holiday twenty bucks. But the problem with that is my average is twenty bucks right now, and I don't want to ruin it buying above that. So I would only add a twenty bucks. But Palantir has been free money. You could have been you could have bought this at twenty bucks. For last four times this year, and sold like 27 four times this year. Like the charge seems to repeat, repeat the same pattern again and again. So last seven months now it's kind of been range band between 20 and 28. It did break both of them once, but it came back. So for Palantir, 20 bucks and 28 the uh, uh, key levels on opposite sides that I'm watching. But I'm long Palantir for the long term. I think this can easily double or triple. But this isn't for the impatient people out there. This might stay flat for a while. So if you like quick moves, this might not be for you. Gotcha, right. I know that's one of your uh, bigger positions. Uh, okay, Ben, we'd love to get you re-back and involved. We're over an hour uh, into market uh time uh the large caps are doing pretty good like which is kind of something that i think we saw a lot through last week where this was where the money was flowing right when you look at it you have tesla 4.3 percent today you have apple up 1.5 percent you've got uh some of these i'm hoping that this is like decently updated i know findus doesn't go that far but amazon google both look like they're green um, you know, CRM, NVIDIA, there's like, there's like plenty of green, these large ones. And then you go to some of the smaller ones. Uh, if you go into, especially, you know, like healthcare, some of these like Merck, uh, BMY, you go to financials, obviously your PayPal and some others. Um, how are you continuing to, uh, to, you know, eye this market that seems pretty lopsided where these indices are kind of being propped up, but a lot of people are getting hit. Yeah. You really have to watch that with, with small cap growth. And I, I keep an eye on IWO because for me, um, that FFTY, PDP, those are the ones that I use to keep track. They're ETFs, but use them to track small cap growth uh, because they'll move. We see these bifurcations where uh, the big cap tech is green, but the smaller cap uh, tech is getting crushed and small cap growth is is 
you know, doing the opposite. And you mentioned earlier, and you kind of picked up on it right away uh, when you mentioned black box and some of those alerts that you were getting was Facebook, NVIDIA, Tesla, you know, you were getting alerts on, on those big boys. And, you know, at that time uh, at the open, let's see, we, yeah, we were like seven, eight to one advanced decline and now we're negative. So you may be feeling that in your portfolio where you look at the headline numbers and they're bright green and you think, wow, I should, you know, be having a good day. And then you look at your portfolio and you're in the red. If you're holding a lot of small cap growth, um, under the surface, it's like two separate markets, the big cap tech holding up the major averages, uh, but the small cap growth and that stuff, you know, getting hit. So, you know, it's great if you're invested in NVIDIA and Tesla and the big cap, you know, tech stuff, uh, but IWO, and just to tell you that kind of bifurcation, you know, you look at, let's see, the Qs right now. The Qs, you're up. Let's see, what are the Qs up? But I know uh, IWO, which I was mentioning, just went red. The Qs still up 1.2%. So you have like these two separate markets going on, and depending on how you're invested, uh, determines whether you know you're having a good day or not. Because if you look at IWO small cap growth. Uh, it's down a quarter of a percent. Uh, so a lot of the composition of your portfolio when the market is like this plays a huge role. And that's why I say watch breadth. If you watch uh, summation index, whatever your choice is of breadth, if you see that that's rising, more stocks are participating and breadth is advancing, you've got a much better shot at being profitable uh, with kind of a diversified portfolio versus a market like this right now, you really have to be in the right names and picking the right stocks. Because even on a day like today, it's not lifting all the boats. So if you're in small cap growth, you're probably red on the day despite bright green headline numbers. Yeah, my exact thoughts. Definitely yeah, well, continue to be talking. Did you guys see this news from Twitter? Breaking news. Uh, from yeah, break, yeah. Uh, yeah. Throw it out there. Here, you can pin it to the top. Yeah, I think it's 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 in all caps, so it must be true. Just like Evan said. That's how it works. If anybody yeah. tweets something in all caps, that's how you know it's, it's been fact checked. Uh that who check who fact checks the fact checkers though, right? Uh okay. Okay. Uh let's take a look at a couple of other names here. CrowdStrike doing interesting things on 4.6% today. Another name that has seen a lot of strength, but has, you know, kind of now been pulling back. They have earnings this week. Uh, I may do a space later in the week to cover those earnings, but I mean, this is still up like 500% since what, two years? Oh my God. It's crazy how much some of these things have run. Uh, let's see some of these other names. Uh, just continue also to watch the option flow. I see Peloton puts. So people are not so bullish on Peloton. Um, there are more puts coming in in that area. I also see CCL puts. I think that's Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, wow. Yeah, people are not hot on Peloton right now. That is a lot of red. Uh, that is masquering there. And just continuing to eye things around. Okay, 
Uh, TSDR, what's up, buddy? Did you have a comment? Hey, how's it going? Um, no, just thanks for having the space. Thanks for having me up. Um, so one thing I wanted to bring up that is important that I keep in the forefront of my mind uh, of my mind on a day like today, uh, where we see such a significant gap up in the market, and uh, me primarily being a day trader, um, these re- that, these kind of days really suck for me. Um, especially to the to the long side because the range is is so i don't want to say capped but it's so minimal to the long side when you get a one and a half percent gap up in the q's and in the s p um so i i was leaning very biased to the short side today but really anticipating significant range trading today where there's you know breakouts are gonna you know fail and uh you know uh, shorts to the downside are likely, uh, you know, going to get end up being bought back up and put, getting put back into range. Um, so when 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 the queues gap up over you know one percent over you know point seven percent, it really sucks because it sucks a lot of the range out of the market to the long side, and um, and yeah, so that, that that's what I have for today. So I was leaning mostly short today, and uh, I still think there is. And everyone brought up, you know, the the market breadth weakness. I mean, the 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 cues are really being held up uh, by the big run by the big uh, big dogs. Where I'm going to look at the QQEW equal weight only at 0.38 percent, so about one fourth RSP equal weight S and P only up 0.18 percent, where the spy is up 0.62 percent. So uh, there's still some significant relative weakness in the uh, overall market and the VIX is currently uh, pushing back up towards where it opened looking to enter the gap I think we're going to see a little spike in the VIX coming up and uh, it'll be an interesting week going forward and are you shorting the VIX today I am I am still short UVXY I got it right at the open um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it for through today for sure um, and I will I will assess it uh, as we go when, forward. When you got yeah. it right at the open, it was already down fifteen percent. Okay. You're the new What's CEO up, Gerd? The CPO Prague Otherwall is a new CEO now. Wait, what? So for Twitter, the CTO, I think the guy's name Prague is the new CEO now. I expected Ned Siegel, not gonna lie. But the CTO is the new CEO now. And they said no changing guidance for the year. In Twitter. And it's... Yeah. Where is... Is this on Bloomberg? It's out there. It's been reported. Honestly, if I I haven't seen it tweeted by Evan, I don't believe it yet. It's pinned up at the top now. Okay, good. Now I can believe it. Honestly, I, I think that a chief technologist officer does kind of make sense as CEO. I, I will say, like, the CEO of a company does matter 100%, uh, but, you know, they, they don't make every single decision. They don't affect the company as much as people do tend to think. Um, but I, I would say that, that, like, I always like to have a CEO. What, what, what Their background tells me the direction the company wants to go. And to me, the, this tells you a lot that, that the platform, the technology behind it, is what Twitter finds most important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, real quick, uh, George, what's going on? I brought you up before, but could yeah. you hear you? So, can you hear sorry, us now? Sorry, can you hear me okay now? 
Hello? Cool. Yes, sir. So, yeah, a lot going on. Um, first thing I'll say is I've, I've gotten just a lot smaller. Uh, I've been around the block long enough to know when uh, there's just too much uncertainty. M markets are okay pricing risk. They're not okay pricing uncertainty, and that's what we have with this um, Omicron uh, market's completely underreacting to what's going on, focusing totally on the wrong thing. Um, I think, you know, the jury's out as to whether it's more, whether it's less severe or not. I would caution people, you really got to go to primary sources. Don't just read the media accounts. The Western media is garbage. If you read, uh, today there was news that, you know, uh, if you look carefully, most of the early cases are amongst younger people. Um, and so, you know, and, and again, I'm no armchair virologist and I suggest or epidemiologist, it's a danger. It's beyond my pay grade. I think it's beyond everyone's pay grade. But there was some stuff today from some smart people um, on Twitter about was the, the breakouts were most among younger people. And so one could imagine, you know, and then there were some stories today that was more serious. So the idea that it's um, less severe, we don't know that. That's number one. Number two, and here's what we do know. People really haven't done their work. Um, the transmissibility or the rate with which this thing spreads is not being focused on. Um, so stipulate that, well, let's just say it is, it, it's less severe. Just let's suppose that I'm not saying it is, but let's just suppose it is. What is a fact? If you do, if you do dig into the data, um, the positivity rate in testing in the last two weeks has gone from 1% to 9% of tests. And that's despite the level of increasing, um, the level of testing going up by 50%. Um, that just took. That's, that was that, 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 that did that in a week. The Delta virus, it took five weeks to do that. All right. And if you drill down further and you look at the R0, um, and you kind of extrapolate just to break it down into um, uh, how quickly this thing can spread. Um, back of it, this is napkin math, but just, and so I'm not interested in precision, but it's more accuracy. Um, based on past data and studies, it looks like just by way of reference, it would take like 35 minutes for the alpha variant to spread, 25 minutes for the delta variant to spread. And by comparison, if I had to guess, it looks like the Omicron spread transmits in five minutes. I mean, this is just this is just way off the charts. It completely changes the risk profile of everything we would do, like getting in a taxi, walking into a store, talking to a coworker. I mean, so, you know, imagine if this thing is spreading as, it, as I believe it is, and it looks like the... And there, there's, a, I think um, I can pull it up, but look at the R0 factor. If this thing is spreading as quickly as we believe, even if you think it's mild, which we don't necessarily know, um, the rate of spread is going to be ginormous. Um, you take a look at like a couple of planes that went from South Africa to Amsterdam, uh, uh, you know, the other day, fully 10% of the people tested positive. Um, and, you know, in, in Holland, we don't have many people there were Dutch, but Amsterdam is an 85% vaccination rate, which is another thing, too. This, the, the vaccines, they will prevent, um, yes, they, they, it's thought that they will, um, you know, mitigate severity. But the vaccines do, it, it, there's no reason to think it looks like the vaccines do not protect you against getting this thing. So I think the market's being way too complacent about this. So with that in mind, I think we're at a very dangerous time of the year because we're into December and the sort of lazy, complacent, bullish view was, oh, yeah, seasonality, blah, 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 Christmas rally. Um, you know, uh, the, the prime brokerage data from J.P. Morgan out last week showed that hedge fund net positioning 
was in the 99th percentile. And that kind of mirrors where retail investors are. So everyone's gotten greedy, looking to run this thing up at the end of the year. So, you know, it's one thing if you have no positions and you say, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to sell. But when you're 99% long, or 99th percentile of, of, of positioning, and you've had an okay year, and all of a sudden your profits start to disappear pretty quickly, like, I don't see who's going to stand up and take risk at, the, at this part of the year. So I think the market's incredibly dangerously positioned. That's number one. Two, going on to the breath thing. This breath thing, this is not a new development. This has been going on for, for weeks now. And I just look at the, you know, people are mentioning the uh, IWO. I look at the ARK, ARKK versus QQQ. Uh, that thing has been going down for weeks. Um, Kathy Wood is a car crash waiting to happen. She has no skill, no talent. I mean, if you just superimpose her portfolio against the law, the index of loss-making tech companies, she's a beta merchant on steroids. The redemptions have, be have begun. Um, they're going to continue. They're going to accelerate. Do you realize that despite the fact her fund has gone up, whatever it's gone up, 5X in the last four or five years, the average investor has lost money in her fund? That's hard to do. But again, you, you know, the return profile you see, those are time-weighted returns uh, as opposed to dollar-weighted returns. And everyone piled in, you know, the bulk of the money piled at the end of last year, beginning of this year, probably at an average cost of around 130. You know, the fund's 105 right now. Um, getting down to the stock level, um, I disagree with almost every single buy recommendation that's been mentioned here so far. I think Zoom is a flaming dumpster pile. Um, you know, their growth rate is going from triple digits to uh, the consensus is they're going to be up 16% next year. It wouldn't surprise me if they're down. There was a lot of pulling forward of demand. Um, and so the revenues um, are decelerating at, at, at a really sharp pace. Um, you know, to pay 13 times sales for something which is going to have, you know, pedestrian revenue growth. I actually think the, earnings, the revenue is going to be down. But more importantly, their earnings are going to be down in 2022, 2023, and 2024. And you say, well, how do you know that, George? Well, it's not just slowing revenue growth. It's also they're going to have to start paying taxes. So why would you pay, you know, 45 times earnings, 50 times earnings for a company that's got down earnings for the next three years? The chart is broken. It's owned by all the wrong people. It's one of these narrative-driven stocks where no one's paid attention to valuation. I would run, not walk to short Zoom. Uh, Peloton, similar comments. I mean, I just want to get into the numbers here. Again, everyone's talking about the charts. No one's doing the work. It's Peter Lynch, my former boss, told me, do the work. Peloton's re uh, inventories are up 124% year on year with, I think, rev sales likely to be down. Like, what could possibly go wrong? I'm sure you guys have all gotten tons of emails, yet with more sales, more incentives. That's another flaming dumpster pile. Uh, but my favorite short, so I'm short both of those. Now, admittedly, you got to pick your spots. Yeah, it goes straight down. It can bounce. But and if you got, I'm not a day trader, so I'm not telling you what to do in the next 24, 48 hours. I'm just telling you what the investment is, not what the trade is. And then my favorite short is Robinhood. Someone said earlier they couldn't understand why it's going down. Well, it's real simple. Um, you know, here's a company. I haven't marked it to market the last few days, but when I looked the other day, it was trading on 13 times falling revenues. Um, you know, their, their most recent quarter sales were down because crypto revenues were falling. Um, not, even though they added users, number of active users was down 10% last quarter. The average retail investor is getting blown up. Uh, part of the reason the crypto revenues were down was because Dogecoin was, you know, was collapsing. This thing is 13 times falling sales. It doesn't scale. And here's the best part, drum roll, wait for it. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just roughly speaking, 
I think if you look at the um, this is order of magnitude. If you look at there's been I think the IPO. Um, I want to say I can't remember 60 million shares or 120 million shares, but anyway, there've been a couple of other lockups recently at 60 million shares. But the best part is, and I think I can't remember if it's December 1st or December 3rd, all the remaining shares, 568 million of them, become unlocked. And by the way, all these stocks I just mentioned, um, all massive tax law selling coming as well. You know, maybe you'll get a bounce as you get into late December. But, you know, talk about taking, you know, managing your tax profile. So any of that, long story short, I'm sorry to get up on a rant like this, but as you can tell, I got a lot of conviction. Um, I think, you know, being small, being humble and having humility and saying, I just don't know. Um, and this idea, like, why is this going down? Well, you know, people were buying stuff up because it was buying up to cause stuff was up and to the right. The pure momentum plays. The movie's now running in reverse, uh, and the re- and, and, and all this narrative-based investing, where people are paying no attention to valuation, they also don't realize that implicitly. The last few years, a large part of the returns have come from the fact that you know you buy these long-duration, high PE assets. As interest rates go up, um, you know um, that, that that kills these that kills these stocks. The charts are broken. Their momentum plays. We now have this COVID thing. Yeah, obviously, if the COVID thing gets really bad, rates will go down, blah, blah, blah. Someone said, well, why don't you buy Peloton? You can't do that trick twice. I mean, it's one thing if you bought Peloton at 20, you know, nobody owned one. Now it's, you know, at 100, now it's 45 down from 170, and they've overexpanded, and they're having to spend more money. So, no, I, I, think, I think anything that looks, smells, quacks like Kathy Wood and Ark, which is pretty much all the ticker symbols that have been mentioned in this hour – from PayPal to Zoom to whatever, I would sell. I would sell every single one of them, and selectively I would short them. Thank you. I agree. I George, agree you about Peloton, right? So two weeks back, the pricing was I think twenty five hundred. Then they moved that to uh, two thousand, and on the weekend it's down to fourteen fifty. So like, these guys want anything to get the numbers up, and the price is down forty percent in the last two months. Just after the uh, disastrous earnings, so I agree with that. They're doing everything to get the st- uh, sales numbers back up the next quarter. So, and they're very, very pushy too. All of the sales now, and they also doubled the commission for the store clock. So, very, very pushy to get the numbers back up. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on there. Um, you know, I am, I, I do agree with you, George. I think there's a lot of confusion in this market. Um, it may not be the time to try to catch a bottom. Uh, they're definitely, I agree with you, could continue to be like, we don't know what's happening with this current virus. I think you made some great points about the virality of it, uh, about the spread uh, that could, you know, lean into some other areas. I think the talk with Zoom was more of like the catching, you know, in case of another shutdown, but I hear you with the numbers on that side of things. Uh, I am open to, you know, some shorts this week. I think we're looking at like docu is one that Evan mentioned. Um, but yeah, I mean, good, good stuff all around. I appreciate you, you know, coming to the table with both conviction as well as, you know, data to back it up. Thanks, George. Uh, all right, going to keep it rolling. So let's let's actually get into play of the week real quick. If anybody's unfamiliar, uh, we haven't actually made a, uh, a move on this in a couple of weeks, but would love to have a uh, play of the week going again. And the idea behind that is that the bullish rippers account, which y'all can see up here, it is the green raccoon. Uh, That 
Bullish, and I think Bullish Studios, they're in the crowd as well. Say hi to them. Uh, have sponsored the space and given us the ability to go ahead and grab up some call options. Uh, typically, we go short term. Uh, I don't call them YOLO call options because we do our due diligence via these spaces, but it's an opportunity to you know put something out there. And also, if you're looking at the Bullish Raccoon, uh, that is run by my co-host, Devin, Stock Market News. Uh, there are 41 followers, I believe, from 10K. So it would be amazing if we could get them there. It's really good content coming from the account. They're on a bunch of spaces. Uh, it's just very well worth your follow if you're following already Stock Market News. Um, you'll want to be following that account as well so you don't miss more of his content. Uh, let's Okay, so let's take a look into Play of the Week here. Um, I'm open to the short. Evan, any thoughts off the bat? Uh, I'd rather go long Twitter, honestly, or long Square. I think those posts would be better opportunities. The problem with the short play is, is we've been saying that type of stuff, and the, the new variant is something that could spark that. But it's always when it's going to happen, and the markets can stay irrational for, for a longer time. Um, so um, I, I don't know about the short play this week. Um, what, what I would want to do is maybe an event thing. Um, definitely the Twitter or Square is an area. I, I like the play um, that, that Gerger would ever said was Square, that it could be an interesting thing. I think Jack Dorsey solely focusing on Square it is bullish for the long term, but I think that the, there's a potential for the market and, and Wall Street to recognize that in the short term and price it in now. Yeah, how about you guys look at Activision, ATRIA, 60 bucks seems to be a short term volume for this one. Like this one came from 104 after mis- and misconduct uh, report by the Wall Street Journal and how the CEO knew that and tried to uh, hide that. So I think everyone knows that, right? The CEO will be kicked out or uh, left, and the, the board meeting the next month. So I think after Jack Dorsey, the Bobby guy is the next one to leave. So I think him leaving can be a major catalyst for the company. ATVI, Activision Blizzard. So maybe sixty-five calls, seventy calls going into January or December fourth week. I'm not super hot on ETVI. I, I haven't before, but let's let's get some thoughts on the chart. Danny, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Activision Blizzard and then Ben. Uh, don't like it. I mean, it's it's already retraced past the 618 at $65. That likely means we come down to the 786, which is at 53.96. That is right above $50, which was the low back in March, the week of March 16th in 2020. I think it's very likely we're coming back down to 50. I don't see any catalyst to bring this back higher, unfortunately. Um, RSI is oversold. So, you know, we were oversold back in November to January of 2018. That was the last time that these RSI levels were, were, were seen. And that started a catalyst of a move back higher. But, you know, I don't, I'm not into timing bottoms. Um, we had a nice weekly squeeze that fired down back in August. That has been an excellent short signal. RSI can't break over its trend line. MACD crossed under on March of 21. That was the top. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not trying to time bottoms here. I mean, I'm happy to take a look at it if it starts to round out. But we've had two weeks in the past six weeks that have been huge selling weeks off that rejection on the 21 weekly moving average. So I, I think there's much better trades out there than Activision personally. I, I would avoid it. Gov, what about the um, Twitter? I'm looking at the Twitter calls right now. They expired December 17th. 
$50 strike. It's about $1.99 premium. Stock's moving higher right now, but um, I think something around there. Maybe even uh, the 23rd is around $2. So Twitter, you said what strike? Sorry. I think you said 50 yeah, I think yeah, he I, I don't know what other people think. Um, you know, Gerg, you're better at the option stuff, 100% looking at that. Maybe the chart's set up as well. Um, but it's going to be an interesting chart. What if, what if we got leaps? What if we got leaps on Twitter and we did $50 January 7th? Or do we want to just have these short term? That's not really a leap. You mean the January 20, 2022s? They're not really leaps, yeah, yes, no. but they are January twenty twenty two. Uh the premium's two twenty nine. I'm fine with that. Two thirty. If, if anyone has any thoughts, Gerg, do you have any thoughts on which strike we choose? Or if there's anywhere if we were going to that you would want to be in? I'm not bullish. I wasn't bullish on Twitter for a while, but CEO Jack leaving might be the main catalyst. But like you always you guys always say, right? Twitter is a lot to revenue, but now they're innovating. But let me look at the open interest changes for the day. So let's see. And what expiry do you guys want? Generally correct or? December or January. Not early let's December. See. Yeah, I'm going to look at the, so the best way to look at what's trending is look at the uh, open interest change for heavy. Okay. For Twitter, you have, oh yeah, okay. So right now the calls with the most volume are the January 70 strike. And right now they're at twenty cents. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, it seems a bit too high. If I could just chime in real quickly on the Twitter chart, Um, it it doesn't look great, to be honest with you. Um, We on the weekly and on the daily, we are oversold. So I do expect an oversold bounce. Maybe we head back towards fifty-four dollars. I. Just, you know, even with this catalyst of Jack leaving, I, I think this is kind of could be a short-term bounce. Uh, I, I just, I don't necessarily, I, you know, and, and just historically with Twitter, it's a slow mover. Um, whether you're going to go to the upside or the downside, it's had catalysts recently, you know, this year that pushed it pretty high. But you'll notice every time it pushed really high fast, it just sold right off and any gaps were closed. Um, so I, I do see this as it finished its wave five up. We are in ABC correction. And if I'm looking at the weekly chart, I feel I'm down towards $40. But again, that's my just from a technical aspect. We're, we're getting rejected off of that 21 monthly moving average right now. That's exactly where we are. We tried, we lost it. We tried to recapture it. It needs to be back over $50. I think back over $50, you're in better shape. Under $50, I think it's a gamble. Yo, Wolf and okay. I tagged you guys in a, yeah. a tweet and the picture with the most active options. The so number one is the 70 calls. They seem a bit too high. The next are the weekly 50 calls. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then you have the 17 December 52 ones. Then again, the 17 December 50 ones. And 55 weekly, 52 weekly. And the 18 Feb, 55 ones looks pretty good. If you think they make a move on the upside. So instead of going for January 51 on 55 February. I'm looking at it. So you're saying they're 233 strike the February 18th? 55? Mm, yeah, February 18th, 55. 
the volume is up 700 button on those right now. 4,000 open and close, so it should be around 7,000. Now, yeah. And sell these by, sell these before 5th of January, though, so. Because you see a month, when a month is left, Tatum's gonna eat most of them, so, right? If I play options two or three months out, I like to be out a month before expiry, so. Get these, and I would be out before 15th of uh, January. But personally, I wouldn't be taking any calls on Twitter. Okay. Uh, ben, I want to throw it back to you to get involved with this. I know that you're familiar with our play of the week. Any ideas on perhaps any weeklies here? Uh, are are we just um, talking about a specific – are we still talking about Twitter or specific stock, or are we just saying what would I be looking at? Yeah, I think we're just ideating. Yeah, we're just ideating oh. here. You know, something that you would be looking at. Yeah. Typically, we have up to about a $500 budget on this. I understand. Um, you know, and, and like I hate telling other people what to do, but I love sharing what I do. And I kind of do the opposite. I don't look for stuff that's going down to the right. I'm especially when we have a market that's coming in. I'm kind of looking at okay, what held up? What did different uh, from the major averages? And a lot of the ones that I mentioned are like Matterport's now up 13 percent on the day. That's one that held up very well when the market was coming down. It was showing relative strength. You knew there were buyers in there. So I kind of look you know, at those names, what's holding up well, especially when the market's uh, coming in, they, those kind of stand out. Uh, so the ones I mentioned earlier, Matterport, uh, AEHR is up 5%, one I would keep an eye on. It did come in, but it's at uh, kind of dancing around the 50-day moving average. I think that's one that uh, can bounce there. Um, Tesla, I mean, Tesla's up 5%, almost 5% now. Um and it's one that's held up great compared to the general market. And it kind of fits the theme we were talking about earlier with big cap tech um, outperforming. So you want to kind of put all of, for me anyway, I try to put all of that together. Um, another one that we haven't talked about at all yet uh, that has good numbers and is coming into an area uh, that I think it may bounce is coin. Um you know, I don't know what your view is on crypto uh, in the short term, but I kind of like this big cup with handle pattern that's formed on coin. You're kind of coming uh, up. You're within the handle right now. Didn't quite come down to the 50-day moving average, but that uh, $300 level did uh, hold. Um, so if that reclaims a 1020, I, I love coin, especially if you're, uh, you know, bullish on crypto here. I think coin and coin has uh, the the fundamentals behind it too. I mean, you have triple digit earnings growth, triple digit revenue growth. It has the new factor. Um, gosh, you got almost 700% growth in EPS this year. Uh, so that's a name I'll throw out there that we haven't really discussed. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm going to go to Bobby for comment on that. And then I will say, I'm feeling a little spicy. I'm, I, you know, a little inspired. Maybe there's a short in here. We'd, listen, the one time that we shorted was uh, skills, I think, or something like that. And uh, we got it. We made like 60%. So maybe there's something here. But Bobby, what did you have to say? Yeah, ben, you know, I totally agree. 
uh, coin. Uh, but another one, and uh, I know I joined late. Um, have you guys talked about CRM with your earnings coming tomorrow? It's holding. We have not. It's holding, it's holding its 50-day moving average. And I know one of the listeners, George, I was very impressed with, um, you know, when he spoke a few mo- moments ago. And actually, I kind of want his uh, take on the earnings for tomorrow. Uh, they look bullish. Um, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, weekly um, stock pick, that one could be huge. So, okay. So that's another long yeah. there. Danny, what do you think about the CRM chart? Um, not familiar with it. It's not a sticker that I trade, but let me just take a quick look at it. Uh, looks like it's pulling into a 1618 at 282, bounced off of that. So it looks pretty good. We had a nice inverted hammer on Friday, bouncing off of that 55 EMA. Didn't quite get to oversold conditions on RSI. Looks pretty good. I mean, it's holding it's holding its cloud support right now. Uh, I think, you know, it's tricky. I, I don't personally advise playing earnings. Uh, and kind of one of the rules I use with earnings, if I have profit going into earnings, I use one or two methods of staying in or getting out. Basically, if I have more than 10% profit in the trade, I will stay in or if I have more than the expected weekly move for um, options contracts, I will stay in. Outside of that, I don't like to hold through earnings um, and I certainly don't like to uh, buy before earnings and much rather, uh, like Ben likes to talk about, wait for the earnings either discount or wait for the gap up and treat it as a peg play. Um, There will be opportunities if this thing gaps up to just slap an anchored VWAP right on that gap up candle and watch it for a week or two. Watch how it how price action works around the anchored VWAP. You don't have to chase these stocks. You don't have to gamble. There are ways to play earnings without playing earnings. Okay. Uh, I definitely see some opportunities here, but again, I'm feeling maybe there's some short plays here. Uh, Juicy, what's going on, man? Uh, play of the week. Any short ideas? Man, I can't give you any right now. I, I just think this market – if you look at SPY today, intraday, is literally like flatlining. So for me, if it chops around like this, it's all gonna be it's gonna be all about what happens tomorrow, you know, which way we break the uh consolidation of today. To me, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just laid back playing my scanners, day trading a lot. I had to literally bite the nail because I've been watching MTTR go up. It's very clean. I missed my entry. Check out ticker MTTR, it's a meta metaverse play. Uh, it's very, very clean. It's breaking out of a flag right now, and I'm still just, like, itching not to pull the trigger because I kind of missed that. But besides that, I'm pretty much cash. I did throw a lot on here on Twitter. I got some 50 calls for weeklies. It's a very small lot uh, to see what it does. Uh, besides that, I'm pretty much cash. Watching Tesla. What's Tesla doing right here? It's 1140. I have a trigger. Hold up. Pull on it right now. Hold up, Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Look at, te- look at Tesla here in a five-minute Uh you break this eleven forty, you got room to eleven seventy five. But yeah, I'm just day trading, guys. I'm not no no long term place for me. Okay, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, MTTR is one that I got in and out of a little bit back on some options, but it was great. It's great for options. Um, that was right when Facebook changed their name. Maybe I should have gone a little bit longer uh, on that. Um, okay, Evan, bringing you back into this. Uh, what are you thinking? Long, short, any plays that you like off the bat? Well, it seems like we're not going down the Twitter. Oh, sorry. So I did put in a call option for myself for my personal account. 
So I guess uh, weekly in that, we'll see what happens there. I- I'm fine with either play on it. If it goes up, I'll take 50%. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm at with it, like if... Yeah, if I'm going to play, play if you guys wanted to see play. Go for it, Dirk. Go for it. AI puts. So AI has onions. And historically, all of the onions were red. And the average move was 10% downside. I do have some comments that I've been have, that I've been buying, but I did buy some puts as an hedge. So, but if you look at the chart and the past three onyx, that's all they had. All of them were red, down ten percent on average. And the onyx on on the first. So these type of things scare me, where it's so beaten down, and then they have like a semi decent earnings, and you get that gap up uh what do you what do you think uh danny what was what was the uh the AI, AI. AI and expected move yeah, yeah. it has been tricky i've been i like it uh it's just not ready it's in a steady downtrend it's at the bottom of its downtrend range but yeah it's just you know like like ben was talking about i i look for stocks that are moving up i'm not trying to necessarily time a bottom i mean i think a great example of this is um oh man i forget um mg and i right it was it was a darling of of growth stocks look at the chart now i mean you think it's 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 in a really nasty complex way for correction but that thing has just been going down and to the right for over a year I'm more interested in the stocks that are like like take a look at AutoNation uh, ticker AN. I don't hear anybody talking about this. Beautiful setup, nice ascending triangle right into its 132 pivot. I mean, this thing is going to get ready to break out in the next couple of weeks, and when it does, it's probably going to go upwards of 150. But again, it's not it's not a sexy play. It's not a name that that a lot of people are talking about. Those are the types of stocks that I'm looking at. I'm looking at things that are coiling, ready to kind of explode higher. And I'll just add to what okay. Danny said there. That group too is fantastic. Nobody GPI is another one in that group. Similar type pattern, ascending triangle. When a whole group looks the same and holds up well, and all looks ready to break out, that's another thing you want to pay attention to. Ben, don't get me started on cars, please. Please <laughs> get me started on cars. And so, are you guys playing this? So. In the longer term, I'm long AI, but in the short term, I got some portraits to have. So, with the chart and the past earnings, yeah, otherwise. And for me, I'm buying these. What? Here we go. Yeah, uh, thirty-five puts. I bought them at two ninety, and expired December seventeenth. So they don't have weekly options. The closest one they have is on the seventeenth of December. And the 35 strike seems to be the best one with the open trust and the predicted move. This one is the most likely to be in the money, so. Okay, interesting. So, uh, Evan, do you want to play something that has earnings this week? I am down. Let's just make the disclaimer before that, like, if we weren't doing something for trade of the week, if we were kind of just doing our normal strategies, I think everyone up here, you know, Gerg might do some more advanced option strategies uh, around earnings, but no one here would actively tell you to trade around earnings. It's a loser's game. The best way to do it, if you are going to do it and you want to and need to, is to react to after the numbers have come out uh, to a possible overreaction. 
but uh, I would not trade around earnings normally unless it was this type of style, but I, I am down to do it. I would love to maybe talk about the short DocuSign. So let's talk about shorting DocuSign. This was your play of the week. What was the reasoning behind it again? So it's very similar in the themes that, that have been happening and that made me a, the two out of four time champ for a trade of the week. But just the, the Zooms, the Pelotons or whatever getting really destroyed after earnings. Uh, kind of just the environment we've been in. I think that the, the Omicron has maybe changed the, the macro environment a little bit where maybe the setup is a little bit better for a DocuSign. But um, what it also could have done is raise the expectations a tiny bit where, you know, we still see that, may see that similar theme in, in the earnings and the numbers themselves. Very interesting. Okay. Um, I'll throw it over to our resident chartist. Uh, ben, any thoughts on going short docu here? Uh, or puts? I could actually get behind that. It's below the 50-day. It's below the 200-day. The trend is down. Uh, let's see. Earnings and sales still good, but decelerating kind of reminds me of some of those others before they, they collapsed. I mean, at least you're looking at something here that um, it, 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 it does look toppy to me. Um, and like I said, trading below the 50 day and kind of just below uh, the 200 day moving average, it, it does make more sense to me than some of the others we discussed. The one thing I will say about it is that it's they are a little pricey, Evan. So we would be looking if we were, let's say, staying semi in budget, we would be looking all the way down to like a like a two thirty put. Um, Greg, I would love for you to kind of weigh yeah, on this so as well. Do you see that as too so far out? Yeah, the thing, right? So the expected move from this is seven point six percent. So this leaves you anywhere between two twenty five and two sixty. So 231 seems a bit too far because let's look last three earnings, right? Last earnings, they were around 5%. Before that, it jumped 20%. And before that, it was down 6%. So, and before that, it was up 5%. So three out of the last four earnings, the average move was 5%. And with the IV so high, you will like lose money if the move is under five percent. So this Yeah, hundred and nine percent IV is not great. I mean it's not that high for doggy sign, but if you go to that price point, if ten uh, eight percent out of the money, yeah it seems unlikely to I think most likely this goes to zero. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, okay, interesting there. Yeah, I don't like it at that high of a uh, implied volatility as well. Uh, and they are definitely a bit expensive. But it sounds like we have a lot of names on the docket here. So uh, maybe, maybe Evan, maybe we put it up to a poll. What do you think? Yeah, you should you should do AI puts versus docu puts, and I can guarantee AI will win. Via we can yeah. we can throw a couple uh we can throw a couple of longs in there and so those can be the two puts and then we can maybe do like a long Twitter and a long CRM in there. I do want to say what one do you think, good Evan? thing about C three AI is that it is around forty dollars, which means the options are definitely going to be cheaper than a lot of the other ones, which might be nice. Um, but yeah. Yes. Okay, CSDR. Did you have a comment? Um, I was going to chime in with uh, a sh a short. Uh, 
potentially, <laughs> yeah, but, um, potentially. Yeah, stop, stop pump big evolution, TSDR. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pump, pump the Vix or, or dump, dump the Vix. Dump the Vix and UVX5. So, UPS, Amazon yeah. came out with their news that they're gonna be the, um, what was it, leading de- delivery or freight um, distributor, whatever, whatever uh, today, which I thought was kind of uh, expected news. Sorry for some background noise. Uh, but I'm looking at UPS uh, specifically on the hourly. We have been in this uh, channel, downward channel, you, you could call it, uh, since uh, this earnings gap of what I believe is earnings gap up on uh, Tuesday, 1026. And we have since broken out of that and we are coming back and kind of trying to retest the the uh, bottom uh, trend line here. So I'm going to be looking at this. If we get into a pop into around 205, uh, maybe even a little bit higher than that, I'll be looking for uh, some weakness to take this t- uh, to the downside. My target will probably be around the 50-day moving average, around uh, 199. Uh, so I, I think I think there's a potential options trade to be made to the downside on UPS in the coming days, um, and then another one that, that I was that I am looking at I have been watching for a couple weeks now is uh, Pubmatic P U B M. Uh, it has been consolidating in this earnings gap up for about two weeks now and holding pretty well above this uh, 35 level, and we, we actually just recently uh, got got about a dollar 50 move on it from about 3780 to about 39 almost 40 i think if we can get this to break between 40 and um and 40 60 ish 40 50 ish i think we could see a good uh a good breakout on this uh, up over uh 45 bucks uh towards 50 bucks uh in the next month or so um that's what i got also i was looking at uh, trade desk TTD uh, it has been uh, kind of consolidating holding above the 9 EMA I really like the look on the hourly if we can get this about over 110 again I like this for a push uh, over all time highs uh, in the coming weeks as well so those are three that I'm uh, looking at for some trades to be made it's definitely a uh, really interesting stuff there, UP, us, and some of the others uh, that you mentioned. So keeping an eye on those. Um, one thing I just want to mention real quick uh, for anybody who hasn't checked already. So the new CEO uh, for Twitter, Paraga, is the username, is already up 20,000 followers today. Uh, his his follower count literally doubled from 22K to 44K in the last Two hours. I mean, we should have went. Um, long, so he'll name. probably see. Can we buy calls on this account? Yeah. Seriously, let's do it. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out. I'm on the phone with JP Morgan to create a derivatives exposure currently. So just hold on for me. <laughs> I've got. I've got a contact. Um, that's actually what my uh, my CFO at Wolf used to do. Uh, so maybe I'll have to ask him. Okay. Let's see if there's anything else over here to look at. Um, I feel like we have a lot of really good ideas. I kind of don't have a conclusive, you know, I just want to make this move on one of them. I think we're going to put it to a poll, to be honest. And then that way we kind of actually have to hold to something. And you know what? We, we yellow some money and what happens, happens. I'm continuing to watch, you know, order flow today um, and just see what happens there. Uh, continuing to see bullish activity on things like NVIDIA and the 
large cap. So if we're going to do something that's a small cap, I am more comfortable doing the the short because I just don't see the money flow going to them unless you're in a play like the metaverse or a couple of these other plays um, that are, you know, getting more activity than some others. Just re- real quick, looking at the Finvis scanner again, it's very clear that this is like, everybody should take a look at this, finvis.com slash map. You can see Tesla, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Apple. These are the biggest ones because they have large market caps and they're all green. And then you have that, you know, semiconductor area where you have like NVIDIA and QCOM and uh, Avgo and NXPI, MCHP. They're all green and you have software, but then you just go and you're like entertainment. It's all red except for Live Nation, even though uh, some people died at some of their concerts. Uh, and then you have financials, you have credit services, banks, pretty much all red, capital markets red, um, farm, heavy C, that's red. Uh, and then, you know, real estate kind of mixed and then oil and gas, it bounced back today, but it's certainly come down from where it was. So I just continue to see a very top heavy market here. If we're going to go with something that's not a large cap, I'm looking short and, you know, maybe we'll be wrong, but Hey, at least if we're wrong, my other positions will go up and the short will peter out. But if we're if we go long and we're wrong, then I'm then I'm just screwed all the way around. Okay, uh, with that monologue being done, Evan, anything else um, that we missed there? We can we can go back to just like I don't want to focus totally on just this. We can go back to seeing you know some charting, some opportunities in the market. But I did want to get a good segment in there and you know give another shout out to Bullish Rippers who is you know inching closer to 10k. They're now 34 followers from 10k. So good stuff there. Anything else, Evan? Although Bullish Rippers is actually not up here anymore. Looks like the account got moved down below. I'm okay. Having... All right. Well, I'm waiting for – what you sorry, say? man. I'm lagging. I'm having so many troubles with spaces this morning on the back end. I'm trying not to talk about it too much. But, yeah. Um, no, I, I think that was great with Trade of the Week. The only thing that we should we should talk about on some of these plays is the amount of money that we're going to have to spend on them. Like a, a DocuSign option is going to be expensive. But we could talk about that on the back end, and I think a poll is a, is a great way to do it. And we can keep it moving on. I have time to chill up here. Uh, I'm down to do whatever we got. Going yeah, can, can we do that right now? And Biden stopped in 20 minutes, so I think that's what the markets are flat. They want to wait for him. Yeah, I'm I'm not in a rush. Uh, I, this is the only space I'm going to be able to do today because I have this space, and then I have, well, I guess at like 12, I have to go eat something because then I just have like some meetings, some team meetings, and then I have interviewing a couple potential interns, and then I'm flying to Miami, so... Uh, this is this is my thing for today. But yeah, what what's Biden gonna be? What's what's going down there, Gerg? I did I didn't even. He's talking about so read about that. Effect. Yeah, so Biden to deliver remarks and provide an update on the new variant starts in nineteen in the half minutes. Okay, and did you say you'd want to buy before no, then? No, no, so the market, right? That's why it's almost flat right now. All of the major indexes, I think, are waiting for Biden to speak. So that's why the volume seems to be that. The, the volume seems to be that, right? So just because of the... Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just looking down. Like, my so my watch list that I put together uh, for this morning is just, yeah, I mean, it's either down, uh, there's a little bit up, you know, Gush is still up 2.5%, NVIDIA up 3%. SoFi up 0.7 and Tesla up 5%. You know, Spy's up about a percent. Hut 1.7%. Coin 3.65%. 
but then the most of the rest of it's down. Oh, here's a name that I wanted to throw at you, Ben, or Juicy also. I'd love to appreciate you just hanging out and chilling. You know, of course, to my speakers, if you ever have a comment, feel free to raise your hand um, or just, you know, wave at me kind of thing. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to deal with a lot right here, a couple of screens, charting, randomness. Uh, so MQ is a name that, you know, more people have been kind of whispering to me and it seems to usually find support. I mean, I guess it's only been down here once or twice beforehand. Uh, but can you take a look at MQ, Ben? Let me know your thoughts. Yeah, this is an area that needs to hold. Um, like so many others, I've lost money in MQ. Um, it seems to deteriorate when it looks its best. So maybe now when it looks its worst is when it will bounce. Um, but yeah, this $20 level has has acted as support. Um, you know, I just, you're, you're playing with fire there because if it does break, I think 1978 was that prior low. And if that fails, uh, I could see this really getting hit hard, uh, into new lows. Um, uh, but on the other hand, yeah, if this level does hold, just keep that, that stop tight, uh, because that 1978 level fails, uh, things could get ugly quick because I know there's, you know, a lot of people are really high on this name, uh, but the chart, you know, just just tells me otherwise. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's definitely a little bit all over the place. Um, okay, Juicy, any thoughts on MQ or, you know, anything else? Just going back to like just, you know, we got six, 700 people in here chilling. I think they're all listening for maybe some ideas, thoughts on the market. You know, let's give it to them. What do you got? Uh, I see. I agree with Ben with the whole MQ thing. Uh, when this first came out, everybody was high on life with this damn stock. Uh, now it's like every time it sets up, it just rug pulls uh, or it bounces when it looks like it's going to short. So me personally, when you get a stock like that, I tend to actually just stay away from it. So my triggers is I got this inside of a long range, right? So I'll look to take MQ. MQ above 2265, high a day from 1123. And basically that same low, 1988, is where I take it short. Uh, but while we're in this little range here, I'm not really going to touch it. Um, for me, it's just it's choppy, man. This is real choppy. I'm watching Tesla again for that 1140 break. If it breaks 1140, technically you got room to 1175, but you really don't have uh, any enough volume on the stock to push it. So I'm kind of hesitant to even take it if it breaks. Uh Nvidia sideways, Google sideways, man, fuck everything is sideways. The only thing that's really moving here is MTTR, which I, I like a lot actually. Um, it's not not a great day, man. For me, it's, this is the type of day where I, in my past, and I've lost money. Right when you get the market sideways with no direction, like right now, look at Q's, uh, uh, the the Nasdaq futures ticker QQQ, trying for this higher day again. Let's see if we can get the break here. It's breaking. Let's see if it holds. Every time we come to this area, we pull right back. So for me, it's kind of like, like I'd recommend staying away from a lot of this stuff. But that, no comments for me. I'm not giving out any advice because this is not my market. Okay. Yeah, I definitely hear you. It sounds like, you know, we're continuing to go on this common theme of the market will be flat as we wait to see what is happening with this call. I'm, I'm basically flat right now. You know, I have a couple of call options that are up today. Uh, I'm holding MRVL $75 calls. Uh, they are, I mean, literally flat. They were just at 0%. Uh, and then I'm holding GNI $10 calls. You know, 
I'm hoping for that move back to 10, which I do think will come. I mean, it's above 10, which always hits me as so annoying when the stock is literally trading above uh, what I, you know, has as a strike, but it goes under. Sorry to anybody who hears my dog barking in the background. I don't know if she's going crazy out, but I'm going to throw it back to, okay, real quick. So Nick, you've been chilling with us. You've been quiet. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to add in? No, just looking around here, uh, scrolling through Twitter, talking and seeing about Jack Dorsey isn't leaving Square. So that's a good thing. And just watching CNBC Tech Check, looking at the data, um, seeing some new 52-week lows here, Diz down, Visa, uh, Verizon. Uh, looking over the spending card data from MasterCard, they put that out earlier this morning. And it looks like a lot of people went back out to shopping. And um, not surprised because I know Black Friday shopping near me was busy. I actually went Black Friday shopping, didn't buy too many things. But I uh, was looking at that. There's also just some news out this morning that Disney reaches 100 million subscribers across their streaming ser services. That's from uh, the stream able. So I was just looking at that. But uh, no, fun strats on uh, CNBC. He was talking over the weekend about uh, buying the dip. So we're just going to watch that. Um, just great conversations going on with Ben and you guys. Uh, love being in these spaces. Absolutely. All right. I saw a couple of hands. Ben? Hey, I was I was just going to throw another name at you, and it goes with your uh, Miami NFT tour that you're going on as Playboy, PLBY. The setup, you had a power earnings gap. It's kind of flagging, kind of reminds me a little bit of Matterport, how it's flagging. Just went red to green, starting to come out of that little flag. If you attach anchored VWAP to that power earnings gap, you kind of came right there today, this morning, um, the high and tag that if you can push through that uh, i think it has a good chance uh to move higher um 30 i'm talking my book now just to put that out there but uh 3786 i think was uh the high this morning you push through that you're back above anchored vwap from off the power earnings gap and there is that kind of nft angle to it um with their library and history uh, so just one I thought I'd throw out there. Very interesting. Yeah, there is going to be a lot of NFT stuff going on. If anybody is in Miami across the next week, plenty of parties, stuff on yachts, things along those lines. Definitely excited to be down there and enjoying. But yeah, Playboy, this one that has, I feel like, been brought back onto the radar. Uh, maybe the cup's forming here, I guess, a little bit. Um I haven't actually thrown an anchored view up on here, but yeah, now I see it. So you were just talking about the anchored view off from the high there? Yeah, you're above the anchored view up from the high, the 6304. You're above anchored view up from the low. You're above anchored view up uh, year to date. But on the power earnings gap that you had, um, you're, you're right there. Today's high was it tagged it and then came back below. So what I'm looking for is the reclaim of that. So if you I, if you can push back above that anchored VWAP from off the power earnings gap, that's what I look for. That's when what tells me that buyers are back in control. Okay, interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I like the LBY. That's one that, you know, has definitely been on the radar and most people have brought up. And once it, you know, started having a 200-day moving average, um, it was kind of felt like that was the resistance and support and then it got above it nicely. And, you know, now I think a little bit of consolidation here, but plenty of action and volume at these levels. 
23.39 million dollars right around like 38 to 39 range um so i like that and then of course with that anchor VWAP, i'm sure you know brian shannon would definitely have some thoughts on how this is trading yes, right and, here. And he loves I'll to get just in on that this is another one trading, you know, when it's trading at or above the 10 day, 20 day moving average, when most other things are trading below the 50 day moving average, showing you relative strength. Good points. Uh, Juicy, you had your hand up? Yeah, I just wanted to point out Biden's about to speak here, deliver remarks on COVID, um, on this new variant. Um, so just be careful here that we don't know what he's going to say. COVID seems to be the word COVID seems to be the market mover lately. So just be careful. So I'm pretty much flat into this. I'm going to wait for him to say something to see what happens. Ooh, interesting stock that's going on right now. If anybody hasn't seen this, BioFrontera, this must be getting pump and dump somewhere. Uh, BFRI, there it's, it's a bio comp, biopharmaceutical company. But holy cow, look at this morning up 28% pre market. Dropped at 9:50 a.m. to down 18 and percent, and is currently back up to 21 percent. How often do you see things like no, this? No, there's a funny thing on the month, right? It, I think it IPO that the dollar it went to six bucks, then it sold off to 225, and from that it's up to 50 bucks in the last three days. Yeah, and um, they they dropped an offering at uh, 5.75, I think was the price, 5.71 maybe, uh, about two minutes right before right before the open. Um, which is what uh, brought it down after uh, its pre-market run. Yeah. Hey, Evan, how's that Twitter call doing? I was just about to say, throw out there, Twitter is now negative on the day. I did add a second call, and I am down on both. <laughs> I was, I was still, I wasn't still at the call. So. No, I'm not anymore. Listen, I, I want to reiterate this to everyone in the crowd. For me, I'm doing this. This is the sports betting money. This is me gambling on the side of my portfolio. It's such a small position in my overall portfolio. This is just, you know, me short term having fun on the side. Honestly, the, the people up here learning lessons from them, you're, you can make this bet and do so much better with this money. This is just kind of me having a little bit of fun on the side. I do want to stress that. Um, but yeah. I, I love Twitter. Oh, yeah. But Twitter is allergic to revenue and holding the gains. Like if you see a big move, it gives it all up next day. Well, now that my man Parag is in there, hopefully we'll get some some revenue hunting. Getting one here to bump to Uther for options. Uh, let's see. So he doesn't follow. I don't know if I have any connections to him. I'll try to. I'll try to work something in while he's still, you know, small yeah. time and doesn't have if the jack gets, the yeah, jack ego. If he goes to the jack level, you never get him. But, uh, he, he's up another 14,000 followers since I uh, mentioned that he was up 100% in followers. Damn, bro. The, the call uh, is right now. Yeah. 50, yeah, my man is... My ma he had 20K, so pretty good. So has he... He hasn't really been tweeting. I mean, he tweeted out 39 minutes ago. Uh, the email that he sent to the company accepting the CEO position and it it it's just it's straight fluff. The whole email is fluff. There is there's hashtags love where you work in it. I don't know. There is nothing. Hashtag one team. My man is just straight fluff email. There is there is no uh, information in there about what he's going to be doing. Uh, Danny, what's up? 
<clears throat> no, I just wanted to uh, mention LRCX having a beautiful morning. Uh, it is now breaking over its range up three and a half percent. Watch when it gets to 670 to 674. I think it's going to get really, really interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's showing really good relative strength. And on a day where the market is choppy and sideways, you want to look to see where the relative strength is. Where where are the stocks that are up three, four, five percent plus? Uh, look at LAC, uh, Lithium America Corp, up 12 percent. MRNA up nine percent. Uh, Matterport up thir- uh, 14, almost 15 percent. Tesla up five percent. So, you know, when you have these down days, you don't have to force any trades, but you should watch to see where relative strength is, because once the market does start to turn, these names are going to push even higher. Good points. Uh, Before I go to Juicy, uh, real quick, uh, my personal account, again, for anybody who is listening, I try to be very transparent with who I am. I'm not just uh, a nod behind a Wolf account. Wolf is the company that I work for. I have the pleasure of running this account full time. I basically treat it as my personality, but my personal account, the Goff Blacksburg account, is up here as co-host and is now at 6,999. So if anybody wants to be a 7,000 follower, I will appreciate you forever. Okay, with that being said, Juicy, I saw your hand up. It's kind of delayed, but I caught in the video, break of 327. I got the 330 uh, calls here. I'm up, what? 12% going into Biden speak. I'm going to drag to stop to uh, break even. I also bought MTTR. I bought the 30s, December 17th calls right here on the bounce of this 9 EMA. I was stalking this, but today I was doing other things and I missed my original entry. So when I miss the entry, I wait for it to pull back either to the 21 or the 9 EMA, depending on how much volume's there uh, for a re entry. So I just got in those. I plan to hold those MTTR calls. Uh, but NVIDIA is going to be real tight. But that's it. I, I was raising my hand to let you guys know that. So are you pretty far in the green with these MTTR calls and that's why you're holding? Because I've been eyeing no, I'm it, only know, up for some potential I'm only up uh, 4% here. Okay, so you kind of came in on this little, uh, this little like, dip and Intraday, break right yep. here. And what level and date are those? I got the 30 December 17th. Okay, interesting. Not bad. Um, and, and what kind of push over the edge with that? Do you see a lot of volume there? Yeah, a ton of like, you, you look up any like flow platform where they use unusual wells, trading ticks, cheddar flow. There's a lot of, a lot of these things out here. Uh, there's a ton of options flow coming into these. Let me tell you again. Uh, I posted yeah, let it me, too. Let me take so a look at They're buying option, the 35s and the 30s and the 20s, uh, all for December 17th. Ooh, that is a lot of call option flow. Holy ass. So, I'm not, that's not the oh only reason why goodness. I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing it because uh, what, of the technical the breaks on the, on the day chart. Plus MTTR. Flow. MQ? Yeah. MTTR. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It went under... Oh, uh, come on. Can I get it at 395? Let's see. On the common on that MTTR, the volume run rate, and this is on the common, is plus 360%. So you basically, you've done more than a whole day's average volume right now. I like to play. I'm in. Let's, uh, let's see where it goes. Yeah, just, just um, a heads up, because um, I've been in Matterport for quite some time right now. Um, I'm going to start scaling out over 3278. That's our 1272 extension. I think we could run up to 3885, but I've been holding January calls for 
probably about a month and a half now. And I've just been adding and kind of playing intra intra weeklies and, and rolling profit into those longer terms. So those are up well over 500% now, but um, yeah, just be careful on Matterport. I think between 32 and 38, we got some FIB uh, extensions that are going to, to play uh, into this. Uh, we've already been extended past our TTM squeeze firing and we're working our way up to overbought conditions on RSI, although I see that as pretty bullish. Yeah, I, I would say for me, this is going to be a scalp. Uh, I hate that the fact that the second I get in it, whatever drops 5%, it's fine. Um, I always love to see green right off the bat so I can just throw my stop in. Um, but I'm keeping a close eye on that. And yeah, this would be a quick in and out. I could see myself getting out of this today. I don't need a lot of profit, to be honest. For anybody that's in the audience, uh, if you're sitting here and, you know, it's it's awesome, Danny has 500% profit, but I do not need that. I do not need 100% profit. If you are just searching for that all the time, I think you're not going to know when to sell. Uh, honestly, this thing, you know, gives me 20%. I might just get out, right? Like there's green, cool, profit. Let me get out. Uh, that's the only trade that I've even placed today. Uh, that's the first one that I took uh, was right there. Yeah. And you so let's see what happens. Yeah. Congrats on selling what? Just hit dog right now. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Yeah, somebody came in. Uh, shout out to uh, RIGO, uh, Rigo, and let, they let me unfollow you, you yeah. and follow you back. So I'll be there at the seven thousand one. Here we go. Okay, thanks, bud. You got it. You got to use your your alt accounts too. Um, you'll have to take a few off. Uh, yo, Bobby, what's going so on? I'm looking at another weekly for um, uh, the contest for the week. And Microsoft, um, there's a lot of attention on the December 3rd, this week's calls for the 340s. Almost 15,000 volume today, as opposed to the open interest was 9,400. So that's interesting. It's up 65% for the day. Um, I like to end the 65-minute chart. looks really nice because it's right above that, um, the largest uh, volume profile shelf. So that might be bullish heading into Friday. What time does Biden start speaking? It's unknown. Uh, I got the YouTube. I put the link out uh, on Twitter. So you can guys click on that link. It was supposed to start right now, just now. Yo, pretty, pretty cool stuff, by the way, for anybody. I've been starting to measure the metrics from our spaces. Uh, we've had over 3,770 people. Uh, come through here you know not obviously all at once but love to see that we've also been running for over two and a half hours now or almost two and a half hours so good times all around uh all right mttr doing a little bit of up and down obviously now i'm gonna be watching that but yeah the call volume is just like whoa on mttr like people are just sweeping in i mean a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar uh was put on the december 17th 30 dollar ones um, so obviously they're, they're going a little bit even more in the money, I think, than, oh, no, that's the one that we took, uh, was the same one. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see kind of where this can roll. Um, Juicy, do you have a stop set on it or just watch them? For me, I'm looking for it to stay above 30. I want it to okay. stay, stay yeah. above 30. I got, and it's obvious because I have the, uh, I have the December seventeenth. Well, that's the only that's the closest you can get is December seventeenth. Uh, so as long as it stays above thirty, I'm staying in the trade. But I do agree with uh, everybody, Ben and Danny. Um, th this is going to depend on your position here. So for me, 
uh, green on the day, throwing some profits from the day into this trade. I don't have my full hundred size, hundred lot position. You know, I have fifteen, and that's from with uh, that's with profits. So for me, if it stops me out, I'm cool with that as long as it stays above these uh, areas here. Yeah, yeah, okay. you yeah, that makes sense. Also so high for this one on buy MTDR at thirty one. And sold thirty calls for four bucks. So your cost per system will eight right away. No, twenty-seven point five. Like that seems like a better. Trade one more time, right? Like right now you can buy MTDR at thirty-one, and sell the thirty calls for four dollars. I do not have the capital to buy a hundred shares right now of MTTR. Uh, that is. I am too allocated already. Too much UPS. I don't just have. Did you buy I, more UPST or the Celsius? <sighs> actually, I've been going. No, actually, uh, I added to my last big ad was to DMY. Is it S? DMY. Is I think the, the one that we. Back and DMYQ is the Janet one. I think. Did you buy? Yeah. So DMYS? Which one did you buy? The DMYS is a NAV bag with no I, deal? I own both. Oh, okay. I own both. Yeah. Uh, I have DMYS at $10 and one cent. Yeah, so I have a buy order still at $10 and I bought in a lot at 10 bucks. So this guy is the best performing SPAC sponsor and all of his packs have gone to 25 so far. Does this mean all of his mix of packs will go there? No. But does he does he like do good deals and good valuation share? So like this guy doesn't get greedy yeah. to get like like this guy won't trade two three four billion dollars back right because this guy and his team they specialize in two hundred to four hundred million dollar equity infusion. So these guys don't go big. Yeah, Nicole Demas and yeah, we did a we did a space with him actually last week, last yeah. week for anybody who missed that. Uh, Matterport breaking out. What are you looking at, Juicy? I'm I'm just rocking out with, with my sorry guys. I'm I'm just walk, rocking out with my main two, which is uh, MTTR and Nvidia. Still on both. Uh, this GOEV thing. I kind of missed this. This is hit. This is all over the scanners right now. The fuck is this? So GOEV. I I got in and out of that. Like uh, oh no no canoe. Interesting. Wow, what a month. Yeah. So you you know the main reason for this. The insiders have been loading out, and the CEO is really, very really bullish. And I don't get that the cars are really, really ugly. So, but the watch, insiders uh, have been loading out. Watch MTTR to thirty-two What's that, ben? seventy-eight. Oh, thirty-two seventy-eight MTTR. Watch that level. Yeah, I'm currently up ten percent on those calls. Eleven and a half percent. Um, so 3278, you said? Yeah, it's the 1272 extension off of the all time high to low. So, what happens there? Usually, you'll see a little bit of, uh, of hesitancy going into that level. You might break above it a little bit. When I'm looking at the lower time frames, I'm just going to watch to see how it reacts on that level. If it blows through that level, then we're on our way to $35. But I don't think it will blow through the level, especially with the move that we've already had on the day. So I'm just watching for that particular level for like a short-term play to basically scale out there. 
um, and then just watch what it does over the next couple of days and see if we break over 32. If we break over 3278 and we get a daily close over that level, then my next target's gonna be 3885 for a, a potential wave five top. Okay, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's certainly, I mean, it's having a little bit of resistance here, it looks like, um, but nothing too crazy just yet. Would love to see that continuation of the volume. Um, TSDR, have you placed any other trades today? Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm down for the day for day trading actually. So I haven't uh, I haven't taken anything for the past uh, half an hour. I did or for the past hour or so day trading. I did add some DMYQ about 15 minutes ago uh, at 10:20, um, just because I mean you you kind of have to <laughs> uh, risking you know roughly two percent give or take. Um, I felt like it was a good good spot to add on DMYQ. Um, Yo, DSDR, even though I'm long this, the floor is gone in like four or five days. So I think this might go to eight, nine bucks. Like his previous pack, do right? I think which one was I, IONQ, right? ION? Yep. Is, is, yeah, even that went to eight bucks. I'm 50. So right after the module close. So. Okay. That's uh, trying to make a similar move. That's coming up in a couple in a couple days, you said? Yeah, the vote, right? Okay, so thanks. you see with SPACs, right? The the floor is gone two days before the vote. As most of your brokers, they do T plus two settlement. And even if you file a claim to redeem your shares, and the vote is in two days, your claim might not go through, and you might not get the money back. So it's usually two or three days before. So you see if the vote is on Friday, you should be following the claim to redeem your shares by Wednesday at the max. So my my cost basis in DMYQ is uh, probably close to eight forty, um, as I, I've been selling uh, covered calls against. Oh, okay. So pretty good. Okay. So I'm uh, pretty comfortable. I wish I I would I should probably sh I should have known that. Uh, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have added there. I probably still would have. I wanted I wanted a couple more shares. Oh well, yeah, but till then, right? Till then, the tank floor is still. So you might see a move back to allowance. So you made almost seven percent risk free. So mm -hmm. looking at the risk and reward, it's pretty good. So yeah. But I, I like the target, like Planet. I've been using it for a while. So pretty good company. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I like it a lot. I think it will make a. I think the stock will make a similar move. Not necessarily. I wouldn't say a similar move to IonQ because that's that's pretty intense, but. Uh, I think it'll make a good move to the mid-teens, at least, um, afterwards. Oh, I'll agree with you. But... What, are you, what are you using Planet for, Greg? So if you go right now, right, you can go and sign up. I'm going to show you my login credentials. Let me hear you go. But it's just like Google Maps of Stato, right? right? So you can track everything. And they also have their own network, like Bloomberg. So... But... um. But otherwise, the the trades that, that I that I took today, um, I had a short on mRNA uh, via options, and um, believe it, pretty, pretty quickly after at the open, once we got that spike over the highs uh, over three seventy five, and then the rejection uh, back down is when I when I took the position. I ended up uh, <laughs> I ended up losing money on this somehow, um, and then uh, li I. I took, um, I was looking for that break over 36, uh, would have been an ORB. We pu pushed right at that level multiple times, ended up, uh, failing, coming back, stopped out of that. Um, 
those are the only two trades that I took. I, I oversized those trades. Um, so sh- shame on me for that. Um, yeah. Missed, missed NVIDIA. I was staring at NVIDIA and I was, um, I thought, I didn't think it had the legs to necessarily go. The VIX was still ha- hanging around where, where you know, the 1770 level at the time. And then sure enough, um, this is why I, I took for the play of the week last night. I wish I got to explain it a little bit more, but this is why I took that UVXY trade is because um, I think the VIX is something that you have to have up on your screens if you're if you're day trading because it, it plays such a key role in uh, in follow through and trades. Uh, for example, once uh, about 25 minutes ago, once the uh, VIX broke down, or I'm looking at UVXY specifically, but once we broke down under this 1760 level and and continued pushing down down uh, past the low of the days and and further, we and then go look at Nvidia. I mean, it's a complete opposite chart of this. So this would have been a perfect trade to take uh, if you're if you're watching the VIX. Being okay, VIX is breaking down, Nvidia is breaking out. We might get some follow through on this. Could have taken it, you know, right at that 325 spot off the nine EMA after it, you know, held held the view app about 10 minutes earlier, and and immediately you got, you know, three dollar, almost four dollar follow through, and on on options, you know, if that on like Juice said he took the 330s, uh, he's probably up pretty pretty well on this trade, and uh, I think the VIX had played a significant role uh, in the follow through uh, on this trade, so. Uh, something I want to bring to people's attention that I use uh, significantly. You, you awesome, will, Juicy. Can you DM about the planet? Can you DM your location? I can pull that up there. But if you want to just try that, you can go and sign up for free. I feel comfortable sending you my location. So no, sure. No, yeah, I mean, any location, but... You can go and sign up on Planet for free. All right, I'll I'll send you I'll send you I'll send you Evan's location so you can tell me what he's doing. But yeah, I'll pull that up on the Planet satellites. Perfect. Um. Okay, who had their hand up? Was it you, GC? Yeah, I actually want to agree uh, with TSDR. Like, I, the VIX, you got to have that on your screen. Like, I keep a panel, and by the way, I just cut half of Nvidia, and I'm I'm not going to roll up because Biden's going to uh, speak. So I cut half, moved my stop up here to break even, and I'm just going to let this ride. Um, but yeah, one of my panels that I have on the screen, because I have now eight screens, one is just futures. Just ES, NQ, YM, RTY, got the VIX. Uh, he trades UVXY, I trade VXX. Um, a little bit different, um, but you need to watch where the markets are going. Like If you're day trading, you have to have the VIX in the markets. You should not be trying to trade against these things. You want to trade them when they both are lining up. But that's that's it for me. Still an MTTR if you're trying to come back. Um, we want to do a quarter cut if we can get to that level, which is 32.78, Danny was pointing about. Uh, I was going to do a quarter cut and move my stop up and uh, let it ride out from there. I think Biden forgot to come. Nice. Like, yeah. He forgot to come. Like this was supposed to start fifteen minutes back. Like, uh, well, the as long as yeah. matter, as long as MTTR keeps running, he can do whatever he wants. To be honest, I might buy some calls. Uh, don't don't bother me. What strike did you guys buy? You can, can you, uh, I bought the thirty for twelve seventeen? You think you can? Uh, you can whale us up, pump us up a little bit. Damn! So you get to dump on me. <laughs> 
Gerg, you got to put it out. You got to put it out in the Discord. Tell everybody to buy no, MTTR it's, it's thirty thirty dollars. It wasn't that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Twenty. <laughs> Does this have any news right now? Uh, it's the metaverse, man. It's coming. It wasn't on no news. Let's see. If you die in the metaverse, you die in real life. Okay. Uh, did Mark? Uh, anybody confirm that Mark Zuckerberg actually said that? Probably though. I, I hope not. Um, you don't think so? I hope not. Okay. Um, all right. So as we are coming into noon, um, Evan, are you okay if we start with some wrap up? I know he's been having some uh, connectivity problems. Ooh, all right, TSDR, going to you real quick. Oh, actually, yeah. Oh, connectivity problems. Yeah. views just came out. So forty says new US restrictions likely given the new variant. So if you live in the US, you have new restrictions coming. What about what about in Canada? In Canada, like I don't think they will. They messed it up pretty bad with the vaccine passport. So, but they won't, right? They they won't do anything like that. No more restrictions. Yeah, they do plan to stop travel from I think South Africa, but no more restrictions because I think eighty percent of people here are vaccinated. Cases are going down. And even, you can't do anything with the vaccine here, right? You can't go to any restaurant, you can't go to the malls. You can go to the malls, but you can't sit down. You can't go to the airport, you can't use any public facilities. You can't use any, you can't even go to university or school, right? Like even right now, if you're taking online university or online schooling, you need to be vaccinated, even to sit at your house. So I don't think they will bring back these restrictions again. As long as they, as long as the vaccines work with new variants, so. but they are planning to offer two new booster shots. I think one they plan to do this in January, and one might be after Pfizer, Moderna make a new one for the new variant. So, so far we are doing pretty good. Okay, uh, TSDR, did you have a comment? Um, it was back, back a second ago when we were talking about uh, Facebook and the metaverse. It was. Uh, kind of a maybe a theory that I came up with um, or, or read. I don't know how, but um, I think Snapchat is potentially being underrated or under the radar as a potential metaverse play. And I was gonna, I know Gerg is the um, resident Snap expert. I was going to ask him what he thinks here. Uh, about at this 49 to 48 level uh, i've got 47 46 marked out as some pretty strong support um, i'm not gonna yet make a take a position on it uh, but i i am looking at it and i think with one quick little P, metaverse pr uh, this thing could be back um back in the spotlight again i agree with you but with this right i would love to add snap at 52 above right so it had very really strong support at 52 it did break that so until the unders is regains that and stays above that i'm not adding more right now but i am long snap i think the snap is the best ar and vr play for the metaverse if you look at the acquisition for last three years almost more than half of them have been metaverse players but no one seems to be talking about that just now. So 
Maybe we see a move like MTTR one day. Uh, I see some more hands up. Hey, Danny, going to you. And also, uh, I saw you just commented on Brian's post about MP, which looks pretty yeah, quickly. I just want to say, I just want to say Biden's live now. You can go, Danny. Sorry. So, um, yeah, talking about Snapchat, I actually put this out on my weekend review video, which uh, should be pinned, I think, to my uh, to my Twitter account. Uh, but in any event, um, yeah, I like I like Snapchat here above forty eight dollars. If we hold above forty eight dollars, we've got a couple of really interesting thing going things going on. So the first thing, if you look back on the late 2020 to early 2021 Snapchat chart, we had four candles up up to March that tagged $48 and bounced. We just hit that again on the 22nd and bounced. So a couple of, couple of ways to play this. Uh, and again, I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. This is just merely how I'm playing the trade because it is actually a trade plan that I have. So I'm adding shares here. I'm keeping a stop loss at just under $47. One of the reasons why I'm taking this trade, we have a bullish divergence on RSI. And what that means is if you look at the daily chart on Snapchat, you have price falling, making lower lows, but you have RSI raising, rising, making higher lows. And when RSI diverges from price, this is generally an early sign of a reversal. Now, it's not always the way it's going to be, but that's one thing that I look at. Another thing I'm looking at, uh, we did have a MACD crossover on the daily chart, so that looks pretty good. We're holding that 48 level, that looks pretty good. Now, volume is relatively low, and so I do think it's possibly a news event that sends us and propels us higher. Uh, we also have a daily squeeze setting up, which I really like. Now, if you wanted to play it more on the safer side, you drop an anchored VWAP off of that gap down candle on October 22nd, and you'll notice that we've held that as resistance on this move down. So if you want to wait until Snapchat gets over, say, 44, 54, uh, 40 or 54.50, that might be a, a safer entry because then above that level, you're above that gap down anchored VWAP, and then you also have that massive gap down uh, where it dropped from 74 down to $60. You're going to have a volume gap there. Um, and, uh, you know, price can really move, you know, through that gap in a snap. So that's what I got on Snapchat. I'm with you. And I like, uh, I, I like taking some anticipatory entries. Um, you know, I, I put the stop the same place, a little bit below $47. And uh, I mean, that risk is so minimal now we're looking at, um, what, like $2 a share or so, um, you know, compared to taking it on, on a little bit more confirmation um, where, you know, I could take a losing trade, re-enter, re and uh, and still be at the same risk if I waited for confirmation uh, at, at those levels. Uh, so that's just something I like to take. It does bring my, my win rate or my successful trade rate down, uh, but it pushes up that, that risk-reward uh, ratio on my trades a, a lot more. Yeah, uh, that's a great that's a great point and to to piggyback on that from a risk to reward perspective i'm seeing this as if you take it at 48 or let's say 49 and you keep your stop loss at 47 it's a two dollar stop for a potential 12 13 dollar gain so what's that a five six to one risk to reward i'll take those types of trades all day every day hey juicy i see your hand up yeah, so wrap up. Uh, this NVDA trade, if you took it with me, is doing very, very well. Up about 
um, 70% here. So I'm, um, I scaled out a half already looking for three, three, five Manage your risk. Anything good that gets below the nine EMA, you need to get out of this trade still in MTTR, but again, um, pretty much risk adjusted here. One thing I wanted to say, somebody was talking about the rent rate to me, rent rate doesn't matter. You could have a, a 30% win rate. You manage that risk, you can still be profitable. The name of the game is profitability. Are you profitable or not, right? So it really doesn't matter about that win rate. Just manage the risk. Uh, Biden is speaking right now. It looks like he's not saying anything dramatic. He's trying to tell everybody to get vaccinated. Um, but that's it for me, guys. I'm going to hop off this call because I am running a live stream right now, so it's kind of hard to do two calls at once, but I'm hopping off. Be sure to follow all the speakers. Big shout-outs to Danny. You the man. And besides that, I'm out, guys. Be easy, everybody. All right, take care, brother. Um, I think that that so I, I just I just sold my MRVL call. Um, got out of that. Uh, like where the MTTR one is at. Um, might set a stop on this MTTR. It's currently up about nine percent. So if anybody came in on that with us, you know the stock has continued to run. Um, it's up almost uh, 17.5% on the day. So it's kind of finding the resistance around those mid-32s, as we talked about. So continuing to keep an eye on those key levels. Um, let's go around, give everybody a chance to, you know, if there's anything else that they wanted to chat about, uh, share that with us now. And then we'll go into a little bit of wrap-up as we've been going for about three hours now. Uh, I've got a dog in my lap that needs to go out, and i got to make some food. Um, so with that being said, let's go into some wrap-up. Ben, would you like to go first? All right, TSDR, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go quick because uh, I got to hop off and call my wife. She gave me – I got one missed call from her. Anyways, um, I was just going to uh, very quickly note um, – the range to the long side for the rest of the day for anyone else that's day trading. Um, I was looking at this 399 level, uh, which was uh, the high 399.05, which was the high from Wednesday. And uh, I thought that would be, I still think that's going to be, you know, maybe a good spot uh, to kind of close out some longs for the day. Uh, next level I'm looking at on the queues, I'm looking at the QQQ, sorry, uh, is 423, which was the high from uh, Tuesday. Uh, I think we will continue to trade uh, in, in this range uh, going forward. But if, if we end up breaking over 423, uh, it appears to be back in uh, a pretty decent risk on setting, uh, depending on how the uh, breath is looking in the market and um, and and whatnot. So, uh, 423 today is uh, is pro if we hit those levels, I'll probably just walk away from the computers and and take no more trades. Uh, but we're 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 getting close to that level to where uh, long or follow through on the upside uh, will, will be minimal for the rest of the day. That's what I got. Okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, looks like Ben disconnected for a second. Perhaps he'll reconnect. I'll take this brief moment of an interlude to just let everyone know that there is so much coming up this week. If you enjoyed this space, this is just the start, just the taste. Uh, I already have 10 plus spaces planned for this week, including a wide range starting tomorrow at 12 p.m. EST. I will be on with Jake from TrendSpider, exclusive, um, James from Stock Chart Art, and uh, Evan, and we will be going through a bunch of technical analysis and live charting. Then at 4.30 p.m. EST tomorrow, I'm going to have a panel 
Um, I think stocks like Weekly will be there, Juicy, several others, and we'll be doing market sentiment and technical analysis. On Tuesday, we're doing crypto. Thursday, NFTs. I also have a one-on-one with growth stocks with Jonah Lupton for an hour. We'll just run through a bunch of stocks, fundamental analysis, and more. So that is what's to come. So as long as you're following the Wolf account, you will see those things up there. And then the easiest way to get notified when each one is going to be is to be on our Google Calendar. Again, this is the single best way to know when all of your favorite Twitter spaces are happening is to DM either myself or my co-host Evan up here, Stock Market News, and just shoot us your email. Make sure that's in there. And then just ask me on our free Google Calendar. I already have like 20 to 30 people who DM me during this space. Mind you, there's over 1,300 on this calendar. Um, uh, nearly, I think, a uh, thousand of those are from last month. So the growth has been recent as we pumped this up. So over a thousand people joined this last month. So if you're not on it, get on it. It's free. You'll just get an email, allows you to add it to an overlay of your calendar. Uh, very simple. And if you don't like it, you can always just click it off and subscribe. It's not like a complex thing. Uh, but this way you'll know when these valuable Twitter spaces are. Cause as you heard, like, listen, I honestly, we're making money in this, like not the best day in the market. Like it's okay. But I took one trade during this. It was MTTR. It's up seven and a half percent. Um, also, you know, we talked through a whole bunch of other stuff and you know what, I was kind of negative at one point today at around 10 30 AM, but now up a percent. So I'm enjoying this and the chat that we've had, uh, Ben, looks like you're back with us. Any closing words? Yeah. They, uh, every once in a while have a tendency to kick me out of these things. Like I'm overstaying my welcome, but, um, juicy mentioned, uh, Tesla and that 1140, I kind of see what he was looking at there. I'm long from lower, but setting up intraday, you've got kind of a pennant forming there or ascending triangle. I definitely think that has potential for more upside if it can get above that 1140 mark, um, kind of putting in that uh, apex of the triangle right now. So we'll see which which way it breaks. Okay. Anything else on your radar? Uh, no, I think that's it. We covered quite a few. Okay, awesome. And good luck with All Matterport. Right, uh, uh, it, it still looks great. I mean, I know um, Danny mentioned those levels above. Definitely want to be aware. Uh, 3270s, that kind of short term. Uh, but through there, there's probably another like 10% or close to it of upside. So uh, right stock, right sector, right time, positive news flow there, and a lot of of option flow into that name too. So looks good. I absolutely love to see it. Um, Evan, I always like to go to you a little bit early on in these wrap-ups. So in case anybody has not already followed my code, Stock Market News, that's where you can get your breaking news without having to pay for a service. He will bring it right to you, drop it right on your timeline with regularity, host a ton of spaces, is always in and out, and like me, is on Twitter all day. Evan, any closing remarks? Uh, I appreciate the great words there. This was a, a weird spaces for me. I'm having a lot of technical problems on the back end. And, well, uh, I took a bad Twitter trade. Like I, I talked, I mentioned earlier, just me having a little bit of fun. We'll see if that pans out. I'm just chilling in that. I want to just reiterate, I, I love doing this Monday Spaces with Gov. Um, you know, it's become one of the best ones we get to do each week. Make sure you're following all of these speakers up here. This was an amazing panel. Uh, a couple of people have had to drop off and come in and out. We've been live for, what, th almost three hours now? It, it will be three hours. So great content. Make sure you're following Wolf for more of these spaces, which, I mean, you're in here, you enjoy them. So better be following them and check out his personal account, Gov. Thank you so much, sir. And also shout out to all these people who kind of came in at the end. I saw Keith Kudis out. I see Catherine Ross in the audience. Uh, Catherine's awesome. You probably see her up at the top of your screen. If you're in here, she's got the blue check. 
We'll be doing a space with her on Wednesday at 3 p.m. EST with the street. I'm sure we'll be talking over the Twitter news. And maybe by then, Evan's calls will have gone up and we can congratulate him on those. But yeah, Catherine is always good to have in spaces. And yeah, look at that MTTR run. Yo, can we can go. look at Gap now, G- GPS? Since we talked okay, about <laughs> almost four plus, and you can see the reversal. Yeah, Gerg, catching bottoms. Gerg is taking names, catching bottoms. But Gap, right? I think this can do 30 bucks. Like, this is, like, I don't know why. Like, everyone seems to be ignoring Gap. But I think the All way, right. like, cross ran this year, that you will see that, like, almost up 400%, 300%, I think Gap can make a similar move, so. But if you were to trade calls, then you'd probably go a little farther out? I would, but right now I'm only playing uh, commons on Gap. Okay, commons on Gap. Kirk, anything else you wanted to uh, say? Yeah, stay safe, don't overwatch. And I do believe Spy and QGG, both of them want to hurt me all the highest before the end of the year, at least twice. So I'm bullish and I have been for oh. a while now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see two or three new all time highs. And don't panic, oh. so look into restrictions, hedge yourself. You might see, like, uh, if you have an, a lot of names that have been beaten down, Throughout the year, Baba, Palantir, Zoom, Skills, or any of these, especially these art names, I would consider getting out before December 15th. Because that's when you see a lot of tax of harvesting, right? Like, that's my plan with Baba, right? Like, Baba, as soon as that breaks 130, I'm going back into 100 foot. Because after that, spot is 88. But... So people, right, when people are down a lot on these names, they would they like to just sell it, claim that against the taxes, and buy it back after a month. So, and usually they wait till 15th or 16th of December. So 10 days before Christmas. So if you have these names, that are down significantly 60%, 50% from year to date, I would want to get that and buy it back. Yeah, it's a good point. I think I'm going to do a tax loss harvesting space. A lot of people I'm sure in the audience are very unfamiliar with what tax loss harvesting is, how especially for larger portfolio managers at the end of the year, they will take losing positions and they will sell to be able to write those losses, uh, you know, and basically adjust their you know net gain and then not have to pay as many taxes. Uh, but people are often unfamiliar with that. Um, so maybe we'll do a space on that. Yeah, you totally should. If you have just this account, like, TFSA or your other accounts in the U.S. that are registered that you don't pay taxes on, you don't get the benefits. So just keep that in mind. If you have any long-term investment accounts, like IRA, I think, you won't get those benefits because in Canada, if you use your TFSA or RRSP, and these guys, like, you don't pay capital gains on them, and you can't claim losses against your taxes in these. So keep that in mind. If they are registered, and you get rebate or you pay no taxes, you probably won't get uh, your tax benefit from that. So keep that in mind. Talk uh, talk, uh, talk with your CFA, CFA and your tax guys. They will probably know more than us. So. I've been working with a good uh, Twitter account that has kind of been specializing on like tax harvesting and everything like that. I think that the space- Reconcile? Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I get them in the space for sure. 
I'm going to be trying out some of their uh, their stuff. Okay, uh, Catherine, you came up and joined us. Did you have any comments you would like to make? Oh man, I'm putting me on the spot. Well, I heard that I saw that you guys were still going, and I was like, I've missed being able to hop back on the Good Morning Fin Twit. So I figured I'd listen in. Um, and so far, you guys have had. I really like the idea of the spaces for tax loss harvesting. Because I will say that, like, when I work with Action Alerts Plus, a lot of the members constantly ask me about that. So it's definitely something that investors don't totally understand. And to be honest, I don't even as a journalist totally understand it. So I would benefit from it, too. Um, but as for what I'm watching, I mean, unfortunately, I'm really focused on the Omicron just because it kind of kind of took me off guard Friday. Um, I wasn't even working and yet I was calling people and asking them what's going on. So I'm still trying to catch up on what's going on with that. But it seems like the markets have kind of shrugged off that concern. Um, and then just looking at the fact that we saw, according to Vanda, $2 billion of retail inflows on Friday. So I'm trying to track down where people are buying the dip. Sounds all pretty good to me. And yeah, it's great having you back on. I know that you do those live uh, calls in the morning, uh, but that's why we're grateful to have Wednesday with you as well. And definitely the market seems to be struggling, especially crypto. Holy cow. Take a look at Bitcoin, everybody. Uh, that is a nice candle right there of moving upwards. But yeah, always good to have you on. Make sure that you are following Catherine Ross if you're not already uh, she didn't get that blue check for nothing. She earned it. Okay. All right. Keeping it moving a little bit. Um, TSDR, I saw you came back up. Did you have any other comments real quick? Uh, no, I was actually going to point out uh, just a few uh, quick stocks. The Bitcoin mining stocks uh, have pulled back to a nice level, specifically HUT. Uh, I'm going to be looking. It's still got a few more levels up ahead, uh, but I, I do like the look of this. It was a pretty orderly low volume pullback. Uh, from this uh, 16 level um, in, into the previous breakout spot uh, of about 12 bucks. Um, not sure how I want to manage a potential trade on this yet, uh, but I think there will be one to be made again soon. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Nick, any closing remarks? Yeah, we just learned from the president that uh, that we will fight it. So I'm thinking that travel stocks with the travel ban in that were will be spiking so in this market area i would just play it safe uh again there's still a lot of unknowns uh moderna still spiking uh we know the vaccine stocks will be spiking but uh i feel like we're just uh should be playing it safe for a bit until we learn more information on omicron itself and if it's in the u.s as of right now it's not but it could be so uh safe hope everybody stays safe and well okay definitely danny yeah. Um, listen, there's over 200 trading days in the year. There's no reason we need to get aggressive or even take trades when the market is choppy and news events are against us. Wait for those moments where your stock is breaking out. Wait, wait for the weeks and the days and the strings of days and strings of weeks where the market is much easier to trade. You'll find in journaling that if you look back on your trades, you'll probably make the majority of your profits during the times when the market is easier to trade versus the times when it's choppy. And it's going to be choppy during Biden talks, during Fed events, during quad witching, during monthly expirations. These are the types of days and weeks where you want to just scale back your positions or just don't trade at all. Watch price action. Uh, to uh, I think it was Ben who's talking about Tesla. We have a beautiful contracting wave four triangle. I am waiting for that break. 
Uh, safer entry over 1200 that should trigger our wave five, possibly up to about $1,500, $1,600. Matterport hovering around $32. Um, I, we could get a continuation. I, th I, I mentioned the level, 3270 If we get a close over that or we get a close near that, watch for a gap up over that tomorrow. Potential run into Wednesday to about $35. Higher upwards target would be $38. Um, did mention last night on uh, Stock Talk Weekly's um, Twitter space that my pick of the week was XPEV. I still really like it, but my secondary picks were watch crypto and watch the crypto mining plays. I too like uh, HUT as well, uh, but uh, I traded Mara pretty well, but I really like Riot from a technical setup. I do think Riot once. Bitcoin makes its big, big run. I think that's going to really run. And uh, Ethereum up 10% now. So we're, we're possibly getting ready to start a move back to all-time highs on crypto. So keep an eye out for that. And um, there was one other thing I just came across from Benzinga. Uh, some of the top names to watch uh, from this um, Omicron dip. Watch natural gas, uh, boil, UNG. Uh, definitely keep your eyes on the crypto mining space. Um, and then your semiconductors, definitely keep an eye on NVIDIA and AMD. And then some outside names, uh, Etsy, uh, Coin, I believe was mentioned earlier, Affirm, still holding on to those levels that we were talking about. So no dips to 100 on Affirm yet. So if we continue to consolidate here, Watch for a firm uh, into the end of the year uh, and beginning of next year for, to make a bigger move back up to the highs. So, uh, Gav, thanks again for having me. This has been this is a new one for me. The Good Morning Monday uh, Fintwit. So, uh, appreciate you having me on. Thanks to all the speakers up here, and certainly thank you to all of the people who came into the space to uh, bless us with their. Uh, with with their presence. So appreciate you all. Good luck. And the last thing I'll leave you off with. Don't overtrade. This is not the week to overtrade. Let this new variant pass us. Let that push down the news cycle. And then when we start hearing less and less of it, that's when we know we can put the you know pedal to the metal a little further and start trading again. So good luck, everybody. Be safe out there. Thank you so much, Danny. Always awesome having you on. Uh, great stuff there. Uh, real quick, I just want to speak this out. And I think this probably applies to some of my other uh, speakers as well. And that is, there's a lot of uh, messages coming in. And I, I love the DMs. I try to respond about 50 to 100 DMs a day. Um, however, I do not give financial advice or analysis in the DMs. Uh, a lot of my DMs are people asking to be on our calendar, asking to be on the newsletters. If you want to be on the Google Calendar, by all means, DM me your email. I have about 40 to get through of those. Um, I'm also happy to chat about other things, chat about spaces, chat about different topics. Um, however, when people just message like hi or hello or greetings, I don't think you're going to get a response back from most people up here. Um, and it's just, you know, just, just like a tip, like make that DM interesting, put some sustenance to it. I think people are trying to get like the attention. They're trying to get like a high back and then they'll come up with their point, but I don't think it's going to work for most people. Um, and I, and I want people to get responses to their DMs. I want you to be interacting. I want you to be building connections. Um, I started this account with zero followers 14 months ago and somehow now a lot of people respond to DMs. Um, and you know, they did even when I had a hundred followers, and I think you just want to put some, some substance behind it. So with that being said, no need to DM me anything too crazy. Um, but just want you guys to be able to, you know, make the best connections that you can possible. Okay. Um, before I go into a, just one last piece of wrap up, Evan, anything else you want to add? Yeah. One last thing. Uh, we didn't really talk about Facebook stock at all today, but tomorrow is the last day they're going to be trading under the ticker FB. 
uh, December 1st, which is Wednesday. It will trade to MVRS, start trading under that. So um, for anyone who, who owns that stock or whatever, just expect that to happen. Don't be confused when it does. But awesome space and uh, pass it back to you. Yeah, this was incredible. We ran for three hours and seven minutes on here. We had over 4,280 individual different people tune in, maxing out around 900 at one point. We had so many different amazing speakers, all the ones that you see up here, plus Juicy, Jonah, Dan uh, from CNBC, and a few others tuned in with us. We do this every single Monday. You might as well just put a recurring thing on your, on your calendar or DM me your email and I'll put it on your calendar for 9.20 a.m. EST every single Monday. We run for a few hours. Hey, the one trade that uh, we made today or that we, I guess, publicly like took kind of the MTTR up 10% from where we took it. So that's looking pretty good. Um, I've got a stop loss um, set on that. I'm not taking a loss at all on that. Even if I just make 20 bucks, who cares? Money is money. Um, really appreciate everybody who came in and was with us. You bring the energy, having so many of our favorites in here. Uh, we love it. Like I said, I will be back on Spaces tomorrow at 12 p.m. 12 I think 12 p.m. EST, yes, for more live trading, charting, analysis with a panel of experts that you do not want to miss. Uh, with that being said, wishing everybody an amazing rest of your Monday. If you're in Miami for any NFT conferences later in the week, uh, maybe you'll see me. Maybe I'll wear some Wolf merch. We'll see what happens. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a great one.